Joe Biden is calling for some pretty strict gun control measures. And one of the craziest, I think, is that he wants to ban all ammunition sales online. Well, it's not just that one particular policy, but Joe Biden and the Democrats have long called for pretty strict gun control measures. I mean, there was one point where they were basically saying ban all semi-automatic weapons, which is most most weapons. And so this prompted a couple of things. There was one gun shop that said we do not provide services to Biden voters. And then we saw one ammunition company make you have to actually check a box that says you did not vote for Joe Biden. Otherwise, you can't shop there. And we have the owner of that company here, Justin. Do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Justin Nazaroff. I'm the general manager and majority owner of Phoenix Ammunition Company in Novi, Michigan. We're a small family-run company, seven employees. We manufacture mostly ammunition for competition and uh, tactical training. We've been around since October of 2016, and uh, we've definitely been rubbing some folks the wrong way, <laughs> some people the right way, and uh, happy to be here. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we're going we're gonna ju- to uh, just jump in. We also got Ian. He's chilling. Whatever, buddy. So basically, you've just been rubbing people is what you're saying. <laughs> Pretty much. That's not good. Dude, that's, what, I got, that's what I do best. Thank you so much, Justin. You were one of the first people that really uh, responded about ammo when I had said I had an interest in creating ammo. So thank you so much for aggressively getting back oh, of to me like that. And everyone, subscribe to Luke at We Are Change. He's not here tonight. He went on a road trip. You can tell I'm in his chair because I have the giant bullet bottle opener in my hand. <laughs> the 50 BMG. Check out Ian Cross. Bo- no, it's a corkscrew, I think. It, it is? Un- yeah, unscrews. This is epic. Un- unscrew the bottom. The oh, bottom. God, I love it. Oh, this is so Luke. Yeah, it really is. Well, I got it for him as a gift. Oh, cool. I mean, he doesn't even oh, drink great. much. Yeah. I know, I know. so yeah. perfect for him. He'd wear it around his neck or something. That'd be good. <laughs> or a real 50 <laughs> BMG. Yeah. We also got Sour Patch. Let's press I'm here in the corner pushing buttons for these guys. So we'll just jump in, but before we do, Head over to TimCast.com and become a member because we've got a bunch of exclusive members-only content, full podcast episodes, and there's a lot more than just what you'll see when you actually go. You can load more. There's actually a whole bunch. We have we have tons now, and a lot of the stuff is, is timeless, talking about UFOs, but the latest episode is a full bonus episode with James O'Keefe, and we will have a bonus segment for you tonight, which uh, I, I believe is going to get particularly spicy because I was already telling uh, Justin, it's like, whoa, whoa. You can't say that. You, know, you can't say that either. Like talking about really spicy political issues that YouTube bans people for in certain words. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you sign up if you want to get access to that. But let's jump into the first uh, story. Now, we, we did cover the story before, but we didn't have an, uh, an opportunity to actually sit down with Justin. The uh, Are you the founder of Phoenix? Emily? Yeah. So there are basically three owners of the company, uh, myself, <clears throat> my brother, Kyle. He's the Vice President, Production Manager, he runs the shop, uh, takes care of all the, the real work. And then my, our father, uh, Norm Nazaroff, he's also a uh, an owner as well, uh, kind of more of a passive role. but uh, Right on. So this story is actually just from, I think, about a week ago now. Reason has it, this gun gun shop says it won't do business with Biden voters. Now, I guess you guys aren't a gun shop, you're an ammunition company. Right. <clears throat> so the article says... Tech companies should have the same freedom to choose their customers. Mm. Now, this article in particular is is is, part, is, is funny because it's trying to poke fun at conservatives complaining about big tech and censorship and regulation while pointing out that people are laughing about the fact that Phoenix Ammunition has banned Biden voters. When you go to phoenixammo.com, the first thing you'll see, and you can try it, uh, don't leave the podcast, just open a new tab and try it, <laughs> is it actually asks you, a big thing pops up and it says, did you vote for Joe Biden? Yep. So, okay, t- uh, tell me what's going on. Why'd you do it? So, 
it it actually started as a bit of a of a joke. So back when back when the ammunition market started to get real crazy, that was at the beginning of the pandemic. People were kind of panicking and uh, ordering as much as they could. We we put a checkbox at in our checkout page that says in we just want to let you know it might be two to four weeks uh, before you receive your order. Just wanted to make sure that our customers knew what was going on. So fast forward to post-election, I, I saw an article that there was a gun store in Missouri, I believe, that was saying that they weren't going to service Joe Biden voters. And I thought it was funny. And I, I like to do some trolling. I mean, we have, <laughs> we you know, we, we enjoy spicy memes and, you know, we've we've gotten a lot of play out of the Epstein meme, so to speak. We have it on our on our packing slips. And so I said, well, I'm going to add an additional term and condition to the checkbox that says, I agree, I didn't vote for Joe Biden, just to see if anybody notices. And I, I'm sure some of our customers will see it and laugh. So it was, it's been up there since the beginning of January, and, and really nobody noticed. We had a couple of, of customers who saw it and, and commented on it and laughed. So we did a big sale two weeks ago, and uh, I had a, a woman woman called and she said, "I'm I'm on your website and I want to order this ammunition, but I'm confused. It's asking me to check this box that says I didn't vote for Joe Biden." And I said, "Well, what what can I help you with?" And she said, "Well, I did vote for Joe Biden." And no. I said, "Well, you know, to be honest with you, we'd we'd rather not take your money." And she just kind of said, "What? How? Are you serious?" I said, "Yeah. Did you know that Joe Biden wants to ban the online sale of ammunition? And have you have you actually read any of Joe Biden's gun control plan?" And she said, "Oh yeah. I mean, I've read it, but uh, you really aren't going to take my money." I said, "No. Uh, I I don't need it. Uh, I appreciate uh, the call, but." And so she hung up, and she actually called back about a half an hour later, and we ended up having a about a forty five minute discussion over the the plan and the politics and. She didn't change her mind. Uh, she definitely wasn't going to change my mind. It was a decent back and forth. Uh, we had a good time, I think. And so after that, I thought to myself, well, this is an, actually an opportunity to educate people more so than it is just laughing in their face. So then I added the page that asks basically a gateway on the website. So if you click no you're allowed to proceed into the so site the, the, it pops up saying yeah exactly so did when you, you vote for joe biden if you go to phoenixammo.com it will say did you vote for joe biden if you click no it will allow you to proceed if you click yes the site redirects you to joebiden.com forward slash gun safety which is his gun control platform that he ran on uh it's been up there for the entirety of his campaign it's still up there it was discussed in multiple democratic debates and we i can't i personally can't understand how anybody could have voted for him and not understood that that's what he wanted to do but we wanted to make sure that if there are gun owners who voted for joe biden not knowing what his plans are then this isn't this isn't a good opera we've probably redirected more people to his site <laughs> than, than he has through his own advertising <laughs> right. well because when he was on debates he's like text Joe Biden at three three oh three three oh and everyone was like, wait, what? It actually says on his website, and I've known this I've known this. And the online sale of firearms and ammunitions. Right. Biden will enact legislation to prohibit all online sales of firearms, ammunition kits, and gun parts. 
That's gunbroker.com. Correct. That's that's what what's uh, what is it? Arms list. Arms that's, list. Uh, Bud's guns. Arcade gun. I mean, most of. To, to be honest with you, it's such a silly thing to say because, especially with firearms, let me just state this for the record. It's been said a million times. You cannot buy a firearm on the internet and have it shipped to your home. That yeah. is not how this works. Yeah. It, it's shipped to a gun store, and you go through the exact same process. It, to be honest, it's like ordering. Uh, if you were to buy a car and have it sent to a dealership i mean you still have to fill out the paperwork do, do people there, there's not no way around that. do people not know that you get background checked every time you buy a weapon unless you have a you know, concealed carry right in, so it's nics in some states a concealed carry permit will exempt you from getting a background check on every sale because you've already been federally background checked and fingerprinted as part of the concealed pistol license process that's how it used to be in michigan that actually changed uh, a few months ago but yeah, every every firearm that is sold uh, on the internet, so to speak, uh, a background check is conducted in yeah. every one of those instances. I think the exemption for uh, certain, I think there's like certain historical guns you can get shipped directly to you. Like if you want to get like an old 1800s musket, yeah. you might be allowed to. I don't think anyone's worried about you getting like, a, you know, an old, what, what is it called? Muzzle loader. Muzzle loaded. Right. Yeah, I don't think they're super worried about that. But uh, if you want to get uh, a 410, so I recently, I tweeted about this. I normally wouldn't tell people what I was buying, but I, b- I bought a break barrel three inch 410 shotgun. It's like for snakes and critters. Well, I shouldn't say critters because critters technically means domesticated animals, but uh, <laughs> varmints. And sure. it's like, you can't get it shipped to you. It has to go to yep. a licensed gun store. You go in and I'm filling out the paperwork and then you got to wait. And they don't like me. They, they don't, they don't <laughs> like me when I buy weapons for some reason. So. You know, I think I think they're trying. They've slowly started figuring out because you know I go to the store, I fill out the paperwork, but I was getting I was getting delayed quite a bit. But even even for something like that, you know, which is just it, it holds one shell at a time. It is far from anything semi-automatic or whatever, or even bolt action, and it's gonna you know fire little pellets for for getting snakes and and you know badgers or whatever away from you. And you got to go through a, an arduous process for that. Right. These people, I guess, they genuinely believe when Biden says this. You go online and you're like, I would like one fully automatic 50 BMGs, you know, and then sent to, right to my house with That's a thousand right. rounds and people yeah. just walk around with these these non-existent weapons. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi gets her crew served automatics uh, sent uh, right to her house. I'll be honest. I thought that they sent it right to your house until just now. I, I yeah. never learned that information for whatever reason. Sure. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, part of that is just if you haven't really gone through the process before, I mean, it's understandable that in today's age where you buy everything on the Internet and it gets shipped right to your house, you know, you order something from Amazon and it shows up tomorrow. It's reasonable for somebody who isn't part of that world to think that that might be the case. But it's been discussed so many times. I mean, this is it's it's been this way forever. And so it's it's hard being in the industry myself it's it's hard to understand why uh that that trope myth? is still that myth is still out there well so but it's just one that can't die unfortunately to go back specifically <clears throat> to your website i think it's I, I think i don't understand how this lady could try and buy like, how do you vote for joe biden and then try and buy ammo online that's the crazy thing to me like when you said you realize that if joe Bi- biden's policy is enacted my business is gone and you can't buy ammo anyway right did she not understand that yeah, she said, well, um, if you can't sell ammo on the internet, then you can just, you'll have to just sell it to the gun stores and the big distributors, and that's where people will end up buying it. Uh, it, it was, it was a really odd conversation, to be honest with you. I, I, 
it was difficult because it, we we couldn't really seem it, it was very hard to get to her her core principles right because she told me she bought a gun that because she wanted to be able to defend her family and i said well that's great i i applaud that i think that's a, a great idea uh, i said what kind of gun did you buy she said i have a glock 19 and i said well hey great so do i uh did you know that joe biden wants to ban magazines with a capacity of more than 10 rounds and a <laughs> glock 19 comes with a 15 round magazine from yeah. the factory what do you think about that and she said, well, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I would, I would turn in my 15 round magazines and I don't think I need more than, I don't think I need more than 10 rounds to defend my family. And I said, well, I would disagree with you on that premise. Uh, and we can, we can discuss the specifics did you, did of you, that. Did you ask her if she's ever gone to a range? Yeah. I said, did, have you done any formal firearms training? And she, she claimed that she did and she wouldn't tell me who. She's lying. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, but I said, you know, did you know that, uh, and this is, this is a, a, a real statistic. Uh, thank you, Trek at MDFI for the information, but, uh, expert law enforcement officers in, uh, shooting encounters. What, what percentage of the rounds they fire do you think actually hit the target? Seven. If we go and look at the seven, 7%. 10%. <laughs> 7%. Is it seven percent? What do you think? Uh, I think it's at like seven percent. Yeah, I think it's super low. It's it's eighteen percent. Uh, so okay. it's oh. still low. But so you know, for every ten rounds fired, one point eight of those, and and that that counts if I aimed at your chest and I hit you in the big toe. That counts as a hit, right? Yep. So the point is, there's just no there's no data, there's no science, there's no research that says. Uh, you only need 10 rounds that, that, that's somehow an arbit, that's a number that somebody pulled out of their head. And it, she just couldn't seem to, ra I, I couldn't seem to get it into her that that is a, a limitation that she's going to have to figure out. And she, she said, well, you know, Joe, but Joe Biden's not taking away my right to own a gun. I can still own the gun. I just can't have more than 10 rounds. And I said, okay, well, what happens if he says you can only have two rounds, right? What, what about a single shot gun? Well, that's fine because I'll still be able to carry a gun. So he's not infringing upon my rights. <laughs> like, okay, well, you know. Yeah, I, you can carry the gun, but no bullets. Yeah, no bullets. I, I can spend two hours on the phone with you if, if you want and we can go back and forth, but it, it's just clear that we're never going to, you, you don't get it. And I can't, I can't seem to, to get it into you any further than it is. You know, right? question. Do we need an amendment that says you have the right to bear ammo? Well, um, you know, the problem with, the second amendment is it's very it's very general and i think the founders intended that because they wanted it to cover more than just people think that the founders were were simple creatures and i think that's just incredibly false so if you look at the wording of the second amendment it is very general and sort of non-specific but i think that was the intent they knew that times would change uh, weapons would would change. Technology would advance. I mean, it's my belief the Second Amendment is really more about human, the ability for humans to use technology to defend themselves more than it is about uh, firearms specifically. What are your feelings? We, and I don't want to accelerate the conversation too much. We talk about this from time to time. But what are your feelings about people owning like larger caliber weapons and like heavy weapons and high explosive weapons and things like that? Well, uh, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think we have far too many gun laws on the books already. Uh, that's one of my biggest 
complaints with people on the conservative and the right end of the political spectrum. They, they seem to not be interested in rolling back things that are already in place. They, they claim that they want to prevent any more infringements, but they never really discuss getting anything back. So heavy weapons specifically, you know, back in the 1700s and 1800s, people owned warships and, and cannons and, it wasn't a problem then. I don't oh, see. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. It was it was less than a problem. <laughs> Governments consigned them, asked them for help. Sure. Corsairs and privateers. You'd have the crown of Great Britain being like, we need more private mass, you know, uh, destroyers and frigates. Yeah. Can we find any private citizens that have mass massive warships that, that could help us out? And they loved it. You know why? They would write. Uh, I, I forgot what it was called. Letters of Mark. Letters of Mark. That's yeah. exactly it. And what would happen is these private sales. Corsairs and privateers would go and basically get carte, uh, 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 carte blanche to attack the Spaniards, the French, the Dutch. And then if they got caught, the British, the crown, the Brits could be like, oh, oh they're pirates. Oh, heavens, we, we're mad at them. Same as you. Right. The, ori- the original uh, Eric Prince and Blackwater. right? Exactly. <laughs> that was That's a point right. Ian made yeah, earlier. Yeah. So now they just like call these, it Blackwater. These old colonial warship owners are now corporate they've formed corporations sure. and have made like blackwater and other arms but they were they i mean it was still not too dissimilar back then right right like like back then there were no was that before corporations well they're not really before no it, it, it was before east india trading company yeah, the, these companies the modern personhood sure. co- corporation i think i think the first major modern corporation was like the brooklyn bridge corporation i think it, it, they were, it was intended to form and then dissolve but then it had to be maintained or something. I was reading oh, about gross. it. But but I I I don't want to yeah. deviate the conversation yeah. too much. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're talking. Yeah. About- so so about heavy weapons. I mean, you know, back in the the days of the founders, they they had the same weapons as as the military, and the founders understood that that was necessary. It's impossible to to mount a rebellion against a tyrannical government. If the balance of power gets shifted too far. So if we look at today, you know, you you have people on the gun control side arguing that they want to ban AR-15 rifles, basic semi-automatic rifles that have been in existence since the mid-60s. But our government and our military have drones and Hellfire missiles and MRAPs and shoulder-fired rockets. So... you know, we we need to. The balance of power is already so grossly out of whack. Well, I I, that, I don't I don't I don't necessarily agree though. I, I understand what no? you're saying that they're the, the you know the government's weapons are monstrously monstrously disproportionate to the average person. But this is something that we see the left bring up quite, uh, quite a bit. You'll never stop the, the U.S. government from being tyrannical because they have you know drones and cruise missiles and things like that. And then I just say Vietnam, Afghanistan. Well, I, I agree 100. percent I, I think. Um, you know, accuracy by volume, I guess you would say, you know, you, we have... You, you can't occupy city streets with drones. Correct. I, I agree. I, I, I think um, what I'll, I guess I'll, I'll uh, clarify what I mean is it shouldn't, we, we should, it, the, the, the balance of power should be much tighter. So if the government has drones and MRAPs and missiles, I mean, why can't we have a machine gun? Well, we can't have a machine gun because of prohibition. That's that's yep. basically where that all started. I'm going to end up being the guy that's like, well, what about this weapon? What about this weapon? What about drones, drone bombers? Do you think that private citizens should have access to drone explosives? What what, what do you mean? Like have you a do. radio-controlled drone uh-huh. bomber that you could fly over someone's house and drop a bomb on and it? And you have that. Me? I mean, any, any private one? citizen could just easily do that. Like a Hellfire missile? Not a Hellfire missile. 
but you can buy a drone from Best Buy and do crazy things with it. Like level a building? Yeah. I mean, depending on the building. Not legally. I, I actually consulted sure. on this. I, I, I was doing a, a consultation for universities. University was a coalition with the government. And they were talking about potential problems with drones. And I said, what are you going to do when – I'm not going to name the companies because they'll probably get mad at me for saying their name. But we know these, these consumer-grade drones. What do you do when you're in New York and you see one of them zip over your head down Fifth Avenue armed with explosives? You can't stop it. It's there. It's in the city. It's armed. The bomb is on it. There's nothing you can do. Oh, sure, you can knock it out of the sky, detonate it where it is, but you can't commandeer it and send it somewhere else. Encrypted controls. It's already here. But but we're not legally allowed to own them at the moment. Sure, sure. I don't sure. I don't know what a private citizen would 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 need that for necessarily. But I suppose if the Second Amendment is referencing explosive devices, then I guess you know. there's like at what point does a weapon become offensive as opposed to defensive? Well. I guess my it's answer, all offensive. Yeah, everything is offensive. My answer to that would be murder is illegal, and so if I, as the um, operator of that weapon system, decide that I can live with the ramifications, I, I had this argument with I think it was the assistant lieutenant governor of Michigan. Uh, I was at an an anti gun rally, trying to be a troll more or less, and I I said to him, he was talking about banning AR-15s, and I said. You know, I have one of those in my in my bedroom. That's what I would use to defend my home. Why do you think that that's not something I should be able to do? And I said, let's take that a step further. If if there's a, a you know a murderer in my kitchen, and I happen to have a grenade, and I decide that I want to throw this grenade at him, and I'm willing to live with the fact that I'm going to have to remodel my entire kitchen. <laughs> And uh, I know that it's not going to damage my neighbor's house. Does it really make a difference if if he dies by a grenade or if he guy, dies by an AR-15 or if he dies because I take out a kitchen knife and I stab him to death in my kitchen because he's there to, to kill me or my family? Like, what difference does it make to you? Can you can you tell me what moral or you know ethical principle make you think makes? the difference between those scenarios and he didn't really have an answer he, oh that's ridiculous that would never happen and yeah probably but it it doesn't get at the core of the question which is how how can a politician decide how best for me to defend my life in 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 a situation where it it's necessary for me to do so you know if i if i kill somebody with a gun and i shouldn't have killed that person i'm going to jail if i kill somebody with a hellfire missile and that person didn't deserve to die then i'm going to jail no probably really, not probably not i mean when the u.s like uh when, that's when true obama signed yeah. up oh, obama didn't go to jail that's yeah, true. Right. Yeah. Totally legal. <laughs> yeah right no problem that's that right. one's okay <laughs> yeah well my concern about like if we had drone bombers if like average citizens because like a grenade if a kid went into his father's nightstand and took out his grenade and took it to school or something and dropped it on the ground or like if a kid took his dad's radio control and flew was like being bullied at school and flew the drone bomber over a building and killed like six families in an apartment right, complex. Right. Yeah. It's different than like having a gun. So what if a kid took common household chemicals, which I won't name, which every house has brought two small bottles to their school and clogged the sink and poured them in and then killed the entire, every single person in that school. Well, that would also be brutal, but it's not plug and play. Like, 
like bullets and triggers. I mean, it's easier to actually do the mixing chemicals. Mm, I don't think so. It's I think way- you got to learn how to do it and no, do don't. the chemistry. Nope. There's literally household chemicals. I'm not going to say what they are. That you just pour them in a sink and boom. Chlorine gas. Yeah. Yep. The, the, and then people will start dropping dead. But like triggers are like so easy to use. Like even like a three-year-old can pick up a gun and shoot it. I mean, not necessarily. So I mean, it depends on the weapon for sure. Uh, it depends on the grenade. I mean, it depends. I think it's easier to crack open a bottle and pour it into a sink. I certainly think it's easier well, for a child to like open a, a bottle. Like a seven-year-old could pull the pin out of a grenade. And drop it, but not guns, mix guns. chlorine. I mean, it'd be very challenging. You wouldn't I see a lot of average I'm, seven-year-olds I'm, mixing poison chemicals. Well, do you think? Uh, do you think the average seven-year-old would be able to operate, you know, like a standard AR, well, well enough without any instruction, just finding it? Uh, it would depend on how many operations they'd have to complete. I mean, if it was an AR-15 that Safety's was on. charged with yeah. one in the chamber. The safety is pretty easy to flick off, and and the trigger pull is very light, maybe three pounds, three and a half pounds. So that's plausible. Now, if a seven-year-old had to insert the magazine, uh, rack the charging handle, that would be very difficult. And if it didn't cycle properly, and then they're trying to clear it and shake it, it would would probably be hard for them to do that. So uh, depending on what kind of weapon they have, uh, weapons jam, and... If some kid was able to first find, get access to their parents' weapon, and then, you know, get it loaded, armed, and ready to go properly, you got a problem, right? But what if they just went in the bathroom and they grabbed unsecured household chemicals that could poison an entire school? Like, the the, the point I'm making is, at my high school, they banned padlocks. Well, I, I went there for about a month or two, and they told us we weren't allowed to have padlocks. You know why? Apparently, some kid tied a shoelace to a padlock and started swinging it around and hitting people with it. And they told, so they're like, "You can't bring them anymore." And the but I guess combination locks were fine. I don't know, whatever. I don't know if the locker. I don't remember. It's been it's been how long has it been? Eighteen years. They banned garbage pail kids from my school. You couldn't. You couldn't. They they were worried you're going to swing padlock. You take your shoelaces off. So they banned that. Yes, you ban everything. The intention is there. Now I understand. The argument against these weapons is that you get a 30 or 60 round magazine, you load it and you can walk in and you can fire off 60. It's that's brutal. That's brutal for sure. My, my problem with all of these laws that they keep passing is that it's already illegal. What? So if it's illegal to take the weapon and go and use it, the idea is that, well, by banning these particular things, it'll it won't happen. But people, you can easily still get them or make them. Especially with 3D printed guns, too. That that changes the whole argument. That's a good point. I mean, I, I just look at it like... People make guns in prison. Right, right. It's amazing. Really? At, yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, I, I don't know the exact specifics, but there are instances where people have, have made uh, firearms in prison. We, uh, they call them zip guns. Uh, I remember going to the FBI building on a Washington, D.C. trip way back in the day with my family, and they had a whole collection of confiscated weapons from everything you could imagine, people that built firearms into into canes and umbrellas, all the way to things that were made in prison. And they're very simplistic and rudimentary, but you they, know, work. You, they work and you give anybody... An, I mean, I've seen guns in 
Afghanistan and foreign countries where they were like literally made out of the head of a shovel. <laughs> they used that as the buttstock and they fabricated parts and it was like a couple parts from an AK-47, a couple parts from this gun. And it's a mishmash of things just, uh, you know, crammed together with the sole purpose of being able to fire a shot. And uh, they seemed to work okay. And what do you think about like, I guess, what do you think about banning weapons in general and like, like ammo clips, like we were saying a 60 round clip. Yeah. I think most of that is just born out of the ignorance of folks on the anti-gun side uh, being, I, I won't say I'm an expert competitive shooter by any means, but I, I shoot competitively pretty regularly and, and I'm around a lot of people who are amazing competitive shooters. And if you see how fast these guys can change a magazine, you know, that's the argument is if we limit people to 10 rounds, which is again, is an arbitrary number. Why did they pick 10? Who knows? Because it sounded good, right? They wanted to pick a double digit number. So it didn't sound too aggressive. Oh, wow. I don't know. Who knows uh, what their rationale was. Functional. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but how fast is it to change the magazine on a handgun? I mean, it can be done in less than a second. Thank by you. Somebody. I, called it a, I called it a clip and it is a magazine, magazine right? So how, so how fast can they do it? I mean, there are people who can do it in less than a second, uh, oh a second gosh. and a half. Um, with, with decent practice, you can do it in under two, two and a half seconds easy. I mean, I know people who can load 10 rounds into a shotgun in under two and a half seconds, and that's a pretty tough task. Wow. So, you know, is your average active shooter going to be, you know, a, a professional competition shooter? No, but any of them can practice and, and it can be done very that, easily. That being said as well, it is not particularly difficult for anybody to pick up a compound bow and learn how to fire some brutal arrows very quickly too. And I guess, I guess we can talk about like a gap in skill and like it is a lot easier to hand someone an AR-15 and say, here's how it works and have a high capacity magazine, you know, or even a drum or something, but standard capacity. Standard capacity. Don't use leftist language. What's well? What's I, I meant. I meant like, like. I know. Hundred. I, I know what you meant. Standard. Not I, ten. <laughs> we, we 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 like to say standard capacity because AR-15s are shipped with thirty-round magazines yeah, in yeah. every oh, state where they're so legally less than allowed. Thirty would be substandard. That's what we would say. Okay. Yeah, yes. eleven rounds is high capacity. Yeah, legally. That, that's what that's, they what, say. that's what they try and argue. Like, yeah, anything. So in that's Maryland, right. New Jersey, I don't know which other states, you can't like you can't buy. A, mag a magazine bigger than 10 rounds. Man, I have, so I have mixed feelings about it because I have, I have empathy for these. I don't know, man, for some, for, for a young, angry person to walk into a school with a, with a weapon with 30 rounds in the magazine and all they got to do is pull the trigger 30 times is like, but what can we, what can we do? I don't think getting well, rid one, of a weapon stops One thing stops would be it. to uh, legalize full, uh, fully automatic weapons that would uh, really, really help in reducing the efficacy of mass shooters. So uh, we talked about this before. I, I, I mean it. Uh, and we, we actually had someone super chat us this, that in Vietnam, I guess, uh, early on, the weapons were full auto. And these young guys would go and spray and pray, just unload, burn out all their ammo and miss. Yeah, just Yeah, the recoil horrible, horrible. takes it off target. So the military was like, yo, we need selective fire. Right. They need to have full auto when they need it, but they need to be, you know, one trigger pull, one bullet. That makes people more accurate, more precise. It's strange to me that they're like, we want to ban full auto. And I'm like, well, if somebody had a 30 round magazine, standard capacity, and it was full auto, I mean, that would go off in what, a couple seconds? You're empty? I mean, yeah, less, less than a second. And then, second and then they got to change out. Instead, <clears throat> now it's slow and precise. So yeah, 
uh, people who are in the interesting thing is the idea that people think full auto would be more dangerous just shows that an inexperienced and angry individual would be less uh, accurate and precise in their targeting if they had a fully automatic weapon. Yeah, it's more dangerous if you have like a belt fed probably and it was mounted. Because then you have like you no know, recoil. Then you've got you got a cruiser like two, yeah, two but, kids on yeah, a mountain kid top. running up right. with a tank. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, well, what do you think about people owning tanks like armed with? Well, you can them? legally own a tank in the United States. Can you, you drive you, it? You, you yes, uh, you can't own a tank with an operable cannon, okay. uh, but you can purchase a, a tank, a, a tracked tank. Uh, I know several people that own tanks for recreational purposes. They go to historical. Uh, events with them and they just they're they're fun i mean who the hell doesn't want to own a tank right i mean <laughs> but you can have other weapons on them uh, yeah you, you could put you, you could basically affix whatever you could legally own but you know the the main barrel the the, the thing that you think of as a tank the the right. cannon what's the uh, what, what what is the uh uh what are those called the shells like what what's their measurement you know um there's a few uh some of them are 80 millimeter some yeah. are 120 millimeter there's a couple of different <laughs> tank bores depends on they're the basically just big bullets right they're big cartridges more or less yeah it's called a, officially the the barrel on a can the weapon on a on a tank is called a cannon because it's a smooth bore over a particular diameter so it's called cannon but yeah that's they're they're effectively firing a very very large projectile and in their case they have projectiles that are suited for different purposes. They have ones that explode. They have some that form a, a copper penetrator that's able to go through armor. So they, they have different um, rounds for different purposes. You think of it more like a shotgun where you have buckshot versus a slug versus a sabo slug, things like that. What's a sabo slug? So a sabo slug is uh, basically a small, a smaller diameter projectile that's encased in a sabot which is basically um i'm trying to think of the way to describe it it's it's an outer casing that falls away as it leaves the barrel and so those are um, they have very very in tanks they have penetrator projectiles that are manufactured out of uh, really hard uh, tungsten tungsten carbide and they basically look like an arrow they're very thin and long and so the sabot makes it so that it can fit in a 120 oh. millimeter cannon, but the actual projectile is is quite thin, maybe this like the thickness of your wrist oh, or something. Wow. Is, and that way, when it hits, uh, all the energy is concentrated, and and tungsten and tungsten carbide uh, will shear off in a in a, a particular way that allows it to penetrate through armor. Is sabot s a b o u t? S a b o t. Yes. Sab okay, so sabot. Sabot. Yeah. Sabot. I've heard people call it sabot. Yeah, so I, I think it's Sabo. Uh, it could be Sabot. I'm sure. French. Check. Somebody will correct Fact us in the comments, me. no yeah. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about depleted uranium rounds? Ah, uh, well, uh, that quite, made quite a mess in the Gulf War, didn't it? That's yeah. What they, that's what they say is one of the contributors to Gulf War syndrome. You know, they use depleted uranium because it's very dense and very heavy, and that allows it to penetrate through things that uh, certain types of armor that standard projectiles. I mean, basically, when you're when you're designing a projectile, you want the densest and uh, heaviest thing that you can get. So that's why we use lead in standard ammunition. Uh, but then they got into things like tungsten and tungsten carbide, things that are more dense. And depleted uranium is much more dense. The problem is it's still radioactive. And so you have all this depleted uranium ammunition all over uh, Iraq. And who knows what that's doing. It yeah. is. It is Sabo. Okay, Sabo. Is it French? Yeah. Sabo. 
Uh, I don't know. Sounds like a French word. Maybe. The depleted uranium apparently was... It is French. ...one of the... Um, for, for, from the word shoe. Shoe. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a shoe for the tungsten so, rod. There shoe. you go. Cool. Shoe and boot. Yep. Zabo. Love it. Um, yeah, the depleted uranium apparently was a big part of why they're coming back with Gulf War Syndrome. What they that, were calling that's what they the claim. Yeah. Just sickness. They didn't know why. So what do you think about civilians having depleted uranium? Uh, th- I guess that's hard to say. I mean, I think it's a bad idea to have depleted uranium laying around just from an environmental standpoint. I, I don't. I don't think that hey, that's hey, a hey. good idea. Shall not be infringed. Uh, that's true. Uh, I do think <laughs> that's rough, though. well, I do think civilians should be allowed to own armor piercing ammunition. I and, and armor can, piercing though, right? ammunition uh in certain circumstances, yes. You cannot steal core. You, you can't own uh armor piercing ammunition that can be chambered in a handgun. And that's actually was a problem during the Obama years because there are certain types of Ammunition for AR-15 rifles, uh, notably the M855 projectile, has a steel pin penetrator that can penetrate some types of armor. And now that the industry is building a lot of AR-15 pistols uh, in in a configuration that's a pistol, there was an argument that that round should be banned because it's not just a rifle round. It's also a pistol round. Luckily, it didn't happen, but it was close. And this is like, it's the same gun, but just with a different buttstock and grip. So they're calling it... Correct. Same power and everything? Correct. So I have have an M1A for home defense. And some states have made it illegal to have an M1A. Yet we talked about this like the SCAR 20S, which is a modern 308, which is just... In my opinion, I guess better. I mean, maybe some people disagree. It's got actual scope on it, and the accuracy is. So having shot both, I'm like, wow. Yet one, the, the M1A is the illegal one, and then I, I, don't, I had a bunch of people in the super chat saying an M1A is not a home defense weapon, <laughs> and then other people were like, if you defend your home with it, it's, it's a, a home right. defense weapon. weapon. But, right. And then I said, if it doesn't shoot, it's heavy. You can hit them with it. There you go. <laughs> That's very true, and they would do that in World War II. Honestly. Right, right, right. But the, the scope is not a defensive weapon. If you have a scope on it, that's because you're hunting something. Well, you want to be accurate. Yeah. So you're the, never going to scope someone in your house. The the M1A is just uh, what is it? It's 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 it comes with iron sights. Yeah. Initially, right. you, you you could probably mount. You could put an optic on it. Yeah. There's yeah. ways to mount an optic. So the scopes substantially better technology, and in fact, you can get some really brutal scopes. I mean, uh, I got one that has it's night vision and it's a camera. It records yeah. everything, and it's night vision. It's 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 amazing. So if I don't, I don't go out night or whatever, but you know, Luke insisted that I get it. He's like, you got to get this. It's so cool. I'm like, all right, I guess. But you know, it's, it's the, the point I'm bringing up, I guess, is that the laws are, are, are meaningless essentially. Like we're talking about, okay, this ammo has to be banned now because it can be chambered in what's technically a pistol. pistol, But then what's interesting is that what's considered a pistol in New Jersey is not the same thing that's considered a pistol in say like Pennsylvania or, or, or a different state. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they might have similar definitions, but they have their own laws on measurements and there's no uniformity. Maybe the answer is more uniformity across the entire country and you'll less restriction, I guess. But then you have all these blue states. More uniformity means they're going to impose more strict regulations that make no sense on states that shouldn't be regulated in that way. Right. 
I mean, part of the problem that we we get into in the gun community, the the criticism we often get from people on the anti-gun side is that we spend too much time arguing the language and the semantics. So we, you know, people tend to get real angry when people say clip instead of magazine or, oh, yeah, they get you know, mad at us. assault weapon oh, yeah. versus assault rifle. But th- the issue is these things are very, very important because all of these are legally defined terms by, by our, in, in our, in our uh, system of laws and by the ATF. And so when you start to change the definition of things, then you you get outside of the legal scope. So you, you have to understand what is the legal definition of an assault rifle. And if you call it an assault weapon, if you call what is an assault rifle an assault weapon, we have to correct you because we have to be operating under the, the actual definitions within the, the law as they are written. And we, we just can't allow – it gets real messy and what's the difference between an assault rifle and an assault weapon? One doesn't exist. One doesn't, and one's yeah. an archaic term. Assault weapon was a word more or less invented during the Clinton years when they were looking to ban AR-15s the first time around. So basically, assault weapon is anything that looks scary. So they they looked at <laughs> they looked at the AR-15 and said uh, that's an assault weapon because it looks kind of like an assault rifle, which is actually a, a legally defined term, a fully automatic uh, weapon, a select fire weapon. Um, and it looks like that, uh, but it's legally not that. So we're going to make up a new word so that people in their brain associate the two as one in the same. Wow. So there are no assault weapons legally. Correct. Okay. Yeah, especially considering different states have different definitions. Right. So there's no universal assault weapon. It is. It, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think there was there was an attempt uh, a couple of years ago to make a Glock 17 an assault weapon because it was a semi-automatic firearm that had a detachable magazine or something like that. So but, they actually have, yes, tried to ban effectively all guns and they argue they don't. But the problem is when you get somebody who doesn't know what semi-automatic means, now here's, here's, here, I'll tell you this. I've always known what semi-automatic meant because I had a dad who was a Marine. And he was like, here's what it means. You pull the trigger once, the bullet comes out, It, you know, the next round goes in the chamber, then you can pull the trigger again. Full auto, you hold the trigger down. If people don't know that semi-automatic means you pull the trigger once and one bullet comes out, and then you get someone come out and say, we need to ban all semi-automatic weapons. There's no reason someone should be able to just pull the trigger and because they don't know the difference or they're lying. Regular people think a semi-automatic weapon is a fully automatic weapon. And then think they're banning fully automatic weapons when they're actually banning 95% of all modern weapons, or basically every modern weapon, I guess. Right. Save, you know, I guess if you're using lever action, bolt action, or revolver, or whatever. Um, and burst fire is a little confusing, because that's also considered semi-automatic? No, no, that's that's full auto. Burst it? fire is considered fully automatic, a machine gun, effectively. So if you pull the trigger and three bullets come out, it, basically the definition is uh, a... a a single function of the trigger that that's the key term uh in in the atf so uh, how many bullets come out with a single function of the trigger besides if it's an assault rifle right it it defines whether it's a machine gun or or not a machine assault rifle is select fire yes yes and so assault a machine gun is a type of assault rifle but not all assault rifles are machine guns well correct machine guns typically have the ability to shoot one or 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 full? Uh, some do, some don't. Is it so? Uh, what's an example of an assault rifle that's not a machine gun? Uh, that would be. 
I don't. I don't think that's a thing, is it? I, I'm not. I'm not exactly. I guess you could say an, an M16 rifle with a three a three burst feature and not a not a full auto feature. I would say that would be an assault rifle, but not really a machine gun. I mean, because no full auto. Correct. But okay. does that exist? Yeah, they do. There, there are uh, M16s that have a three round burst and hmm. no fully automatic feature for the same reason that you noted in Vietnam. Yeah, you know, right. Free, being able Wait, to shoot three rounds is relatively controllable, whereas uh, fully automatic is is much the, less. The full auto thing is a good example of how these laws are backwards and actually make everything worse. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I, I recently was dealing with, I was talking to a, a gun shop and was talking about bolt action rifles. Now, bolt action rifles typically are com- they're completely ignored by the gun control people for the most part. They're still you know regulations and restrictions, but they're concerned about the scary assault weapons. You know, the AR-15s, the magazines, and all that other stuff. The, the, the high capacity magazines of eleven rounds. And so I asked them, I was like, so bolt action basically is ignored by all this stuff, right? And they're like, yeah. And I, and, and I was like, why? And they laughed and said, because it's safer, even though they're more accurate. <laughs> so. That, that's another example of these people passing these regulations have no idea what they're talking about. And, and in most cases, bolt action rifles like you would use for hunting are chambered in much more powerful rounds. I mean, you can buy a bolt action rifle in 300 Win Mag or 338 Lapua that's going to go much farther. Yeah. It contains um, orders of magnitude more energy than a 5.56 cartridge. And, and and you can fire them particularly quickly, I'd imagine. Sure. Um yeah, you can you can cycle a bolt action rifle pretty quickly, but and they've caught on to that because I've seen um, advertising from anti-gun folks trying to claim that you know bolt action rifles with a scope and a bipod are sniper rifles. So you know we need to ban these sniper rifles. <laughs> They'll ban everything. They they yeah. like I said, the school wouldn't let me have a padlock. You're gonna throw it at somebody. Yeah, well, you can throw a, a rock at somebody. What, do you, what does that mean? Yeah, banning things is a weird. Man, this, it is this, a weird conversation because you don't want to give people depleted uranium bullets. Well, that's where things get interesting because when we, we were talking about gun control stuff uh, a few weeks ago, we had Luke, and Luke loves guns. And I was talking about in you know urban versus rural issues, and I said, what if you're in, say, New York, and you live in one of these concrete cubicles stacked on top of some other people in a place that smells like sour milk, and you know somebody breaks into your apartment, and you've got uh, you know an AR-15 with maybe like a 308 or something. If you shoot that, it's going to go through. It's going to penetrate. And you've got tons of people living around you. And Luke immediately and instinctively said, then maybe we don't allow certain calibers. Like, ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> Gun control. Telling people they can't have certain weapons because of the caliber of bullet. It is a challenge. I think, I, you know, it, it was funny because one of the reasons I liked Bernie Sanders years ago was when he was asked about gun control, being from Vermont, where people love their guns. He said it's an urban versus rural issue. He's right. If you live in a tiny concrete cubicle with paper thin walls and you can hear your neighbors banging, you're going to be like, I'm pretty glad they they don't have guns because if they shoot even an intruder, it could penetrate into my apartment and I got to deal with it. And we've seen that happen with police shooting into one building and then one apartment and then hitting other apartments. So this makes people in cities think very, very differently about guns. Not to mention they have cops within a few minutes of them typically and people who live in rural areas don't. But that's a very difficult challenge. Like you mentioned depleted uranium. Sure. But in a city in general, when, when, like, when the NYPD was coming after this dude who was leaving, I think it was the Empire State Building, he killed his boss or something. They were trying to shoot at him and they missed and shot like seven civilians. Now that's an issue of 
these cops not being trained particularly well. Yeah, we talked well. about that earlier. That's very interesting. Yeah. But there, there are more ramifications for living in an extremely densely populated area and having guns. The problem, I think, for these big cities and for even people who say you shouldn't have depleted uranium is, okay, well, then maybe you've got to amend the Constitution first. I understand people might say it's common sense that you shouldn't have depleted uranium, and I don't think people should have depleted uranium bullets. But how do you, rec- how do you reconcile that with a Second Amendment? Saying, well, the founding fathers never intended. It says very generally, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Like you would not want to give people weapons of mass destruction. But they had them. That's a vague phrase. Well, not really. They couldn't carpet bomb cities and stuff. Yes, they could. In the 1700s, they could. Yes, they could. Well, not really carpet bomb. The the frigates could have a row of dozens of cans go boom, 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 boom. And it would just blanket, wipe out these port cities. Coastal cities, yeah. Yeah, one ship. And they were private individuals who owned these things. So I think the issue I, I, I have with all of this stuff, when look, take a look at like hate crimes, for instance, it's already illegal. Right. They're now saying like, oh, the capital insurrection, we should make all these things illegal. We should make, we should charge. No, 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 no. We don't need new laws. Enforce the law you already have. If someone takes anything and then kills somebody with it, it's a crime. It's a crime to yeah, kill people. But if someone did sail a boat up on like, what's a good coastal city, Miami? And just a good coast. Yeah, just laid waste to it with artillery fire. And then you're like, oops, I guess we got to arrest that guy. But in the meantime, 60,000 people were killed by artillery fire. Like, that's a mistake in the law for letting that guy get that weapon. Well, that's a mistake for the Coast Guard not intercepting a destroyer right. with a bunch but of artillery. What if it doesn't it? even look like the destroyer, you know? Well, that, that's just an inherent problem of reality. Like I mentioned, the drones. What's to stop someone from taking a drone, heaven forbid, and then doing something crazy with it? And I warned... I warned uh, 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 people involved with government regulation on drones in 20, 2012 when I said, you need to pay attention to this stuff because someone could take a consumer grade drone and do something insane with it. And if someone's if someone's standing outside of New York and they fly a drone into the city, it's done. Now, you could argue that it's difficult to come into the city with some kind of weapon. But even then, someone could just walk into New York with a crazy weapon. Yeah, I lived I lived in New York when they planted bombs in Jersey City and Manhattan. And that was when I was like, I don't want to live in the city anymore. The yeah. police couldn't stop someone from just carrying in. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a pressure cooker. It mm-hmm. was like a right, you know, whatever. And they, and they, and they blew it up. So it's not even about drones, to be honest. It's about the fact that people can do these things. It's like I mentioned, a kid can take household chemicals, go into a school and mix stuff up in a bathroom. And then all of a sudden people are going to start vomiting and getting sick and potentially die. I keep thinking about mental health. This is whenever I have this conversation, I really get down to it. I'm like, well, it's a mental health issue. If we're kidding, putting kids on like psychoactives and like psychostimulants to, to dull their ADD or whatever, and then they, they have no friends and they have no love and then they, sure. they think they're in a video game. Yeah, I think there's a big problem with that in, in modern culture. People want to blame the tool and not the parenting or the decisions that, that they make. And if you look at most of the mass shooters, I mean, Adam Lanza, Sandy Hook, you know, the most memorable in, in the, in the most awful way, obviously. No, no real father figure, uh, was taking antidepressants and, that's just a recipe for disaster. And unfortunately, we spend all of our time now looking at how how do we ban the tool that he used as opposed to looking at, okay, how could we have solved that problem before it happened? And same thing with uh, Parkland. I mean, if anybody has read, uh, I, I would encourage any everybody to read the book, Why Meadow Died by uh, Andy Pollack. He was Meadow's father, one of the um, 
one of the students who was killed in, in the Parkland shooting. And he talks about in the book, very detailed about how many, just how, how much was overlooked, uh, as far as the the teachers and the schools for this shooter i mean they they knew he was a problem they they tried to get him out of the school but there were a number of policies in florida that they were trying to reintegrate kids with mental problems into a normal school setting and you know they had this kid who was mentally disturbed uh with you know kids who had problems like you know autism or or other disabilities and it just didn't work and and they knew it didn't work, and they did everything they could uh, to prevent it from. They they thought that they were doing what everything that they could to prevent it from happening, but what they were really doing was setting things up for disaster. I mean, the the kid was, I I, I don't know the I don't remember the exact policy, but in Broward County, kids were allowed to have two uh, felony, I believe, felony convictions per year before they would be removed from the school, and that was reset every year. So two you could felonies. Have, uh, uh, it, I'm sorry, misdemeanors. No, oh, yeah. like, they'd be in prison, so, man. So you'd have a kid with two, you know, a kid could have two misdemeanors as a freshman, two misdemeanors as a sophomore, two misdemeanors as a junior, and they would, the kid was still allowed to be in school. So, I mean, yeah, you can look at the, the tool that he used and, and try to demonize that and try to spend all of your time and all this congressional effort trying to ban this, this, uh, you know, object. But meanwhile, they, you know, they didn't even get rid of they they, they were trying to reinstate uh, the sheriff. Uh, yeah, it, it was just an awful situation. I knew I knew some dude who worked in a lab and he told me he didn't think terrorism was real. <laughs> and I said, that's a bold and ludicrous statement. Of course, terrorism is real. It's just what do you mean by that? What he said was he didn't think these stories you hear about like these attacks are intended to be mass destruction and chaos to scare the population. Like when we hear about terror overseas, what he was saying was, no, those are just attacks on military installation by military forces against military forces. The idea that they hate us for our freedom or that they're trying to maximize death or scare someone in a small town and thinking they'll be a victim, he didn't think was real simply because he worked in a lab. And he said, there's a chemical that I can buy in bulk for cheap that if you touched, you would get violently ill. And if you got it on your hand, it would seep into your skin and you would die. And he was like, and if you, anyone in this lab, wanted to you could sprinkle that in in public in some on a, on a railing for instance mercury probably kill fifty thousand people because it goes into your skin goes into your system and then kills you and he's like it never happens no one ever does that and so he's like you hear these stories about a terror attack on a military military installation that what, what they're trying to say is the terror is scaring people into giving in to some political demand no these are just people attacking a military installation to target a mil the military, to target a military target. If it was really about scaring people into wearing you know, a mask, then then you would see something particularly insane because there I, I'm not I'm, I'm not, I don't want to I'm not going to repeat the chemical, he, you know, he, he mentioned, but he said there is a, you know, powdery substance that they work with in the labs all the time that they're like, you have to be in full gear and it is it goes into your skin. It kills you. He's like, why aren't, why aren't, you know, why don't people do these things? Bioterror. It's, it's uh, arguably, but like, it's always some extremely convoluted and like difficult explode. Like IEDs are more complicated. He was like, like building the explosive is harder than just buying a chemical and sprinkling it somewhere. Right. So he thinks it's more about, you know, what we were seeing overseas was directed military attacks against an adversary, um, adversarial military against us. And the media frames it as terror. Like they're trying to scare civilians. That's not the case. They're not they're not targeting us here for the most part.
The point is, I think people look to guns because they're scary. Because it's it's kind of like a boogeyman, essentially. You mentioned it's the tool. Right. But if you talk to people who own guns, like, it, it's crazy to me that I can walk around in, you know, I go, go, you go to a gun shop, everybody's got a gun. Like, am I supposed to be worried about that? Are there, there are genuinely people who are scared when they see a guy, a random person with a gun? There was one uh, uh, video I was watching recently where there's a guy in a, in a, in a, in a store and he's got a, a, a gun just holstered on his hip. And there's a woman yelling at him, like, oh, my God, he's got a gun. Why? And they're yelling. And other people are like, who cares? Who is this, like, urban liberal woman shocked to see a regular guy with a weapon? Or there was a there's photos posted by journalists where it's like you'll have a bunch of guys in a store and they'll have, like, ARs, like, on their shoulders. And they're like, I can't believe this is America. Like, what are these people doing? And it's like, it's like a normal thing. People walking around with weapons in certain parts of the country. They're shocked by it. They're terrified. But, like, when the cops do it. I guess now, to be honest, they're scared of cops, too, and they, got, they want to get rid of them. But my, 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 my position now on the abolish the police thing is like, I don't care. Do it. In fact, more power to you. If you want to vote to abolish police, yeah, do your thing, man. I don't live there. They, I don't got to worry in, about in it. Seattle, didn't they? And then they were begging for Minneapolis. The Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. And then they were yeah. begging for them to come back. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Law enforcement. You know what, man? Send. When uh, what's what's the joke? It's like uh, I, for, I forgot how you phrase it, but. You know, in the apocalypse, the people without guns are just collecting food for the people with guns, you know? Yeah, it's funny you say that because it reminds me, I used to watch that show Doomsday Prepper on uh, whatever it was, History, National, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever channel. And uh, I remember this one episode, there was a woman, um, she was like, you know, 300 pounds grossly overweight and she she was building this prepper community they had like maybe 10 or 15 people that were all part of it and they had five years worth of food stored and she kept saying how they're they're pacifists and you know we don't have any weapons here you know i teach self-defense and um they showed a couple clips of her doing her self-defense none of it was any good uh and you know (laughs) the prepper lady yeah i i mean as a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt i can say that it was no good and I just kept thinking to myself, you know, basically you guys are just collecting food and water for the first group of able-bodied armed men that show up at your place and decide to take your stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I, it was, it was just, it was mind boggling how she, she seemed to have thought out every other piece of the pie, but that one was such a, a gaping hole. And like what, you know, you, you're the, basically the modern day Quakers, more or less. You know, yeah. you're, you're not going to harm anything. And, uh, ultimately, you know, it's, it's crazy, not work man. Out for you in, in, in the end. Uh, the, these cities are going to be, and I wonder if it's going to be relatively soon, to be honest. There was a, uh, the, the cities are going to be wastelands. You know, the, yeah. the people are going to be eating each other. I don't think the reg- regular people understand it. And I think so many. Well, I mean, people- look at Houston right now. Houston's grocery stores look like Venezuela, and yeah. they've been without power for a few days. It's a bad ice it's, storm. It's only. It's, I mean, it's not even it, been a week. It's horrible, and, and there's I, no food. Listening to uh, you know various podcasts and and radio on the way in, it's all because the truckers can't get in. You know, right. this, this, they can't get in because there's too much snow on the roads, too much ice, and as soon as the trucks stop. The cities grind to a halt, and that's when reality sinks in. <laughs> it's a scary idea, man. Um, within a few days, these cities are without food. What do these people do? What happens if right? So right now, you've got relief, you've got aid. Federal right. government will intervene in some capacity to get food to people. People will find their way in. But what happens if there was a total collapse? Not that like people would be dying or anything, but just like let's say right now, 
there was a, a disruption of some sort that resulted in the, the trucker supply lines ceasing and the federal government unable or unwilling to intervene. What would a city like New York do within three days? No more food. Food spoils. Food is, is, is consumed. People got to eat every single day. What happens? Like to Assume worst case scenario, something like cometary impact, volcanic eruption, global <laughs> catastrophe, and it rains for like 20, for like 100 days straight or 20 days straight or something. Floods, the entire country, everywhere over Earth gets flooded. And the government can't get to every city. It just cannot. The federal government is equipped maybe for one city, maybe. In Houston, it's not even equipped to It's going to be that. brutal. You can't Look stop Katrina, the ice. Man. Look at yeah. Katrina. Yeah, the the floods. You can't stop the floods. You can only try and survive it. And so let's so say what this, do they do? This is a, if 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 look at Houston it, right now. Within not even a week, the food is gone. And there, and, and, and you know what I love more than anything is that it's a gun state for one thing, right? You've got these liberal liberals, not leftists. Leftists love guns. They're pro two a liberals. These urban corporate pro Democrat liberals are so anti gun. And they're in one of the most vulnerable positions because I'll tell you this in Chicago, for instance, people got guns. A lot of people got guns and the people who have the guns are typically not good people. <laughs> they're gangs. Right. And just, you know, they're committing crimes. What would happen if Chicago got cut off? You know, what would happen they if would take over? That'd be like the new government. Right. I mean, the I don't know. Right. It'd be like gang warfare for the, the city. The, the gangs essentially operate like governments and to a certain capacity with their territories. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be that they would take over, they would take. You'd be in your house, some guy would walk up, break your door open, and you would have no way to protect yourself. It's not easy to get a gun in Illinois. Right. So it's easy for the criminals because they can hop over to Indiana, buy them, bring them in because they don't care about breaking federal law or state law. They just do not care. Now you, on the other hand, a good law-abiding citizen, you're in trouble now. Within three or four days, there's no food left anywhere. Power goes out, food spoils, roads are shut down, nothing's getting in. Next thing you know, you've got Gangs coming to your house and taking what little food you had left. What are you going to do? People are going to get killed. People are going to get robbed. And if you look at, say, like Ukraine, if the fall of the Soviet Union, you want to know what happens when there's a collapse? The people with guns. This is, this is what I was told by my Ukrainian friend. I said, how did the oligarchs become oligarchs? Like these people who just own everything. And she was like, oh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, they just shut the factories with guns and said, we're the boss now. And the workers were like, okay, tell us what to do. The workers were so used to having bosses than the government wow. that when everything got shut down, the guy, the foreman of the, 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 the guy running the factory is like, who do I answer to? All of a sudden, some random guy shows up who's like 20 with a, with a bunch of goons and they've got weapons. And he's like, don't worry. We'll tell you what to do. We own this place now. They're like, okay. All of a sudden now these people own everything. Sounds like government. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, yeah, to exactly. be honest, you know, most people um, are just looking to follow orders of some sort. You know, they want to be told uh, when to go to work, when to go to school, what to do. And, you know, without government, then they'll they'll follow. I mean, look at Mexico. You know, you have basically the government is the cartels. Um, yeah. The cartels tell the government what to do in some cases. And people follow what the car people are more afraid of the cartels than they are of the government. Definitely. I mean, people in America are scared of the cartels. Sure. And the cartels want to make sure you know it. Like right. I know American journalists who have had to like back off of stories. They'll, they'll, they'll write the dumbest, craziest things about the U.S. military and its politicians. And they'll call, you know, the president and politicians the worst names in the world. And then they'll be like, I've got, I received a threat outside my house. A bullet was, was in front of my door because I was reporting on the cartels. And they'll be like, <laughs> well, you hear stories like that. I know some people who are involved in like activist community stuff who are like, yeah, we're bowing out. 
Because the cartels, they they they're 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 not concerned, you know. Yeah, they they don't they don't have rules. But Luke Luke is really obsessed with this one part of Mexico. Do you remember what it's called, Lydia? I don't remember where they got rid of government. I can never yeah. remember. Yeah, it, I think it's the name of the city starts with Sharon. Is that what it is? No, I Chiron. think it starts with an M. I was just looking at it the other yeah. day because I was using that argument with somebody, an yeah. anti-gun person, and I said, you know, look, these people got sick of getting raided by the cartels and having their people killed and the government wasn't doing anything to stop it. And so they decided to take it upon themselves and uh, tell the cartels to get the hell out. And they couldn't have done that without being armed. Yep. That's just the 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 end of it. It's crazy. It's 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 funny when I I, I love I've I, I've never been throughout my whole life a staunch to a person right now. It's funny because I get messages from people. They're like, it's crazy how far, you know, pro gun you've gone. And I'm like, well, look, I'm not an absolutist, but I absolutely uh, do think the Constitution is important. And if people disagree with the, the broad language of 2A, you got to change the Constitution. You can't just pass these laws like they've been doing. But they do it anyway. So, you know, far be it for me to uh, tell people uh, what, 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 you know, can't happen when it literally happens. You're the aspiring president. But I, but I love arguing with people about guns just because they don't know anything. And so I can be like, listen. I'm more than happy to entertain a conversation about like depleted uranium because that's a serious question. Like if somebody's just walking around with depleted uranium bullets and putting that in the ground even for target practice, you got serious problems. But that's a, that's a debate that needs to happen. And I think there's some reasonable, you know, concerns about things like that, reciprocity, uniformity that we need to deal with in this country where sure. the states don't have, you know, where if somebody wants to drive across state lines. I mean, you know, and that's a a problem in in the gun community as well and I'll admit that I sometimes get uh, trapped in those discussions where you know, you, you get, you get trapped in these discussions about the fringes. Well, what happened? You know, what do you think about rocket launchers? What do you think about grenades? What do you think about deple- depleted uranium, et cetera? And it's like, we can argue about that all day long, but there's so many things that are, that are banned that really make no sense. Okay. So like an M1A. Yeah. Like an M1A. Or for example, um, you can have an AR 15 with a barrel that's 16 inches long, but if it's 15.9 inches long, you're a felon. You go to, you go to prison. <laughs> And not only that, if you own an AR-15 with a 16-inch barrel and you also own an AR-15 barrel that's only 10 inches long because you're going to build a pistol out of it in a configuration that would be legally allowable, there have been people that have been charged by the ATF for constructive possession because they said, well, you owned a an, an AR-15 with a 16-inch barrel, but you also had this 10-and-a-half-inch barrel, so theoretically you could have constructed an AR-15 That's insane. in an illegal configuration, so we're going to charge you with constructive possession. So, I mean, it's like who... You know, who decided that 16 inches was the right length? Why not 15? Why not 14? Right. Why not 18? Right? Who, who decided that number? Well, it was decided by the National Firearms Act of 1934, and we have never had a discussion about that ever since. And why so, not? There have been conversations about inventing new kinds of weapons, similar, you know, projectile weapons, smokeless <clears throat> powder based, but using things other than primers, other than hammers. Maybe, uh, uh, you know, electrical charge, or there's also directed energy weapons. And the issue is, will, will the language of law have to become so vague that it's an inversion of the Second Amendment? Cause th- I, I bring up the, the household chemicals, right? There's also household appliances that can be turned into some seriously devastating weapons. Household appliances. You'd watch these videos on YouTube, man. You'll be like, I didn't know I could do that with one of those things. And you'll be like, yeah. And I mean, People can easily make some pretty powerful and devastating weapons that could theoretically be more dangerous, depending on the context, or even worse. 
you know, uh, simple question, would you rather get shot or set on fire and have, you know, second degree burns all over your body? Uh, there's some serious questions about that because the, the long term damage to skin is 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 devastating. So when you look at what's available in the home for people to use as weapons, I suppose the argument is, yeah, but people, if they don't know how to do it or need, you know, it's some kind of labor, then it's easy to pick up a gun and just use. I guess the, the ultimate issue is we're dealing with 3D printed weapons. We're dealing with new kinds of directed energy weapon technology that you can't even see. Infrared lasers, for instance, or microwave technology. What are they going to do? Are they going to pass a law saying the transmission of any kind of energy object, material mass, or or other uh, uh, substance or structure or, or otherwise that is emitted from one point from near one person by their control and, and makes contact with another person and by means causes a negative impact would be considered a crime? Like, does the law have to get to that point? Sure. I mean, that's basically an argument that I gave to somebody about AR-15s. I said, you know, the minute that Elon Musk invents a solar-powered laser rifle with unlimited ammo, uh, <laughs> I'm going to want one of those, too, because that yeah. sounds a whole hell of a lot better than an AR-15. And so if, you know, that's eventually, maybe not exactly that, but that's eventually going to happen. Like the pace of technology, I mean, as we know, you look at... um you know, internet technology that, I mean, it, it outpaces the ability for government to regulate what is being invented. And that's really what we're talking about here is, you know, how, how do we regulate human innovation? And effectively, that's what the second, that, that's what, that's what people on the left are trying to do with the second amendment. And they've just, unfortunately, we've, we've allowed them to be successful in some manner. So uh, one of the biggest challenges with directed energy weapons, say a massive, extremely high-powered infrared laser, which you can't see, can be pointed at someone or something and set them on fire or burn holes through structures. They've done naval demonstrations where they have a drone flying and they point this massive infrared laser and it just instantly hits it. It's a speed of light and the drone bursts into flames and then goes down and crashes. One of the biggest challenges is the amount of energy required for that. With firearms, that energy is stored very simply as chemical energy in a cartridge and then is focused through the barrel with some rifling. You get a spin, you get better accuracy. It converts that energy wonderfully. Directed energy weapons waste a lot of energy. But Ian. Graphene. You're, you're, exactly. <laughs> Graphene. You're talking about super, super capacitor batteries. I mean, we're like, what, half an hour in? We haven't even talked about graphene. Well, so, so I bring this up because, Ian, you often talk about graphene technology, how it's going to be revolutionary. And you're right. But don't you think they're going to weaponize it? Yeah, they're going to use fusion pack power with graphene super capacitors to stir the charge, and they'll be setting stuff on fire from 600 yards. And so like what What happens then when some kid finds his dad's graphene fusion pack <laughs> IR blaster, and he puts it on his backpack, and then he's holding this like long you know, tube, and then he just points it at people, and then... Some kid just goes, and then bursts into flames, and then he's just pointing it and sweeping across, and no one knows where it's coming from. It's just all these kids and bursting into flames, and then he walks away, and no one knows what happened. It's horrifying to think of, but the, the problem with these laws is that they don't stop that. Like, you, you've you mentioned this before, 3D printing, it's out, the cat's out of the bag. I know, dude. I'm concerned with with weapons of mass destruction, even though that's a vague term. Like, how do you define, and if you guys know, legally, how do you define a weapon of mass destruction? You know, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know. When I think of like lasers or bullets, that's like a kid or a guy. Worst case scenario, takes out 
100 people, maybe 120 people. That's not to me really mass destruction. I think of like leveling buildings and blocks. It says killing numerous people and leveling buildings, but there's no real. So it's vague. Right. Six vague. people could be numerous. Right. <clears throat> um, that's what I'm concerned with is mass destruction, like the ability to wipe out cities, villages, towns, families. If we give that power to a dad that can forget and leave it out for his kid to pick up, then I start to get nervous. I mean, I, I look at the judgment of some of our politicians and I, I get nervous. I don't care if it's Trump. Right, I don't dude. care if it's Biden. And the whole reason we're here is because of the Second Amendment, man. I mean, it's the it's basically because no. they armed themselves and were able to overthrow a dictatorial monarchy. That doesn't explain other countries. A lot of countries have 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 these weapons. A lot of these countries have, you know, despot lunatics who are armed to the teeth. North Korea is building nukes. The benefit for the Second Amendment is actually great. And we're lucky the United States exists, in fact, because it's probably a deterrent. The, the, the famous quote, you can't invade America. Gun behind it, every blade of grass. I don't know if that's a real quote. I think it might be like it's not, uh, I apocryphal. It. It's yeah, it's but, it, but it's true. And now we've got millions, new, uh, millions of new gun owners. About so it's, 20 it's, million. 20 million. 20 million. That's that's the rough estimate <laughs> that we know of. New, like new legal gun, gun like yep. registered gun owners. Yep. And then the 3D printing craze. And I, and sure. I just read an yep. article that I sh maybe I should have brought it with me uh, that I think 3D printing guns has taken like an evolutionary leap in the last year. Yeah, the technology is getting much, much better. Uh, 3D printing technology is coming down in price and the materials that they can print with are getting much better. Um, metal 3D printing is already available the price point is more than what a consumer can afford but i mean things are only going to get better over time the technology is going to get smaller it's going to get cheaper so i mean the government is already behind the power curve in in that way well it, it so you think it's just a matter of you know how how bold people get about telling the government no more or less so i mean if you if you have the 3d printing gun community that says hey look we're just going to 3d print guns and we're going to tell everybody that this is what we're doing and we're going to dare the government to tell us to stop you I mean that's really when you get to the point where decisions have to be made more or less i mean uh, you know, technology for uh home manufacturing is getting better and better and better it's not going to stop they're going to have to ban home uh, uh, milling machines you know people who have cnc machines at their home i i, I know a guy who had a a relatively small machining uh, uh cnc machine for metal parts and he could just take blocks of metal and cut them very easily in a small little building he owned yeah i mean this this idea that like manufacturing firearms at home is something new or that the government never conceived of that we have to deal with is is just so silly because I mean, in the in the in the 18th century, that's how you made a firearm. I mean, yeah. you you more or less had to either build it yourself or you had. I mean, that's where the term lock, stock, and barrel comes from. You had a uh, a metal smith that made the the lock, the the flintlock mechanism. You had uh, a craftsman who made the the stock, and then you had another uh, metal smith who made the barrel, and they put all those pieces together. And so your firearm. Uh, if it broke, you couldn't just take parts from your buddy's firearm to fix it because they probably wouldn't fit. They'd be different size, different shape. I mean, that was that was the big thing that Samuel Colt brought to the table. You know, people credit Henry Ford for the production line and mass manufacturing, but it interchangeable was interchangeable parts. It was really Samuel Colt who did that. Uh, he he modernized manufacture. 
he modernized manufacturing and got to the point of interchangeable parts and and mass production. Uh, there's a story I don't know if it's true or if it's colloquial, but that he was I believe it was the uh, I can't remember what government he was trying to sell his uh, revolvers to a, a foreign country. And so he, he went there, and as part of the demonstration, he put out a number of the revolvers on the table, and he fired them all to show that they worked, and then he took them all apart, and he put all the parts in a box and mixed all the parts together, and then he reassembled all the revolvers, you know, obviously with parts from other revolvers, so you, you couldn't tell what was what, and then he fired them all again to show that they worked, and everybody was just could not believe that that was possible, that all the parts would work in the other firearms. And uh, that was kind of the birth of, you know, mass manufacturing, interchangeable parts. And that was to the point it was it was in the area where tooling and manufacturing techniques were getting to the point where they were precise enough to allow that to happen. So now it looks like we're in the next phase of that with 3D printing. You can print the actual parts on demand in your house. Sure. Okay, so it's, it wouldn't be the replaceable part revolution, but the, I don't know what you Home manufacturing. Home manufacturing, home, yeah. right. Yep, exactly. Ma- I, making home manufacturing. Low uh, skill. Low, no, no right, skill low, low skill. And I mean, I know, I know all kinds of CNC machinists that can make a firearm with the machines that they have, no problem. But the idea is making it easy. I mean, I, I was interested in the 80% lower community, you know, years ago. So, Basically, you can buy what's called an an eighty percent lower receiver for an AR fifteen, and what that means is it has some of the machining operations are not been completed, uh, so it's not considered a firearm. It's basically just a block of metal. It's not serialized. You can purchase one right off the internet and ship it to your home. It's not a firearm. Uh, so there was a community of people who are uh, who are machining these into a finished receiver, and at first the techniques were pretty rudimentary. You, you bought a jig and you basically did it with a drill press. You just machined out everything one hole at a time. And they were kind of crude and messy. I mean, they worked, but they weren't uh, all that great. And then Defense Distributed made the Ghost Gunner CNC. And uh, so it's a small CNC machine about the size of a microwave. And you put your lower receiver in there in a jig and you press the button, you walk away. And a few hours later, all the machining is done and it's perfect. And, and you don't all have the corners to re- are sharp. You don't got to register that or, nope. or what? Doesn't have to be registered. Doesn't have to be serialized. Um, if you're manufacturing it for your personal use, you can't sell it because it doesn't have a serial number, but you can make them for your own purposes. So that was kind of the first iteration. And, you know, the, the ghost gunner costs about $2,000. So it's not like it's. But this super is super cheap. But the point is it, it made home manufacturing much easier, much more precise, set it and forget it. And, and that was kind of the first. Mm-hmm. But you still have state laws, craze. right? You still have at the, at the state level, you can't have certain weapons. Sure. Yeah. Very. Every, every state is a little bit different. Um, so you, you, you have to figure out what's legal in your state. I mean, in New Jersey, I I know that they don't allow 80% receivers. Uh, there's other states. I, I don't know them all off the top of my head. But, that, I mean, that's a big problem in and of itself is the laws are so convoluted. And they basically are just a number of, of traps, more or less. So, you know, you can assemble a firearm totally innocently and make something that is illegal without you really have to know the law before you start putting things to 
together that are outside of sort of the standard configuration. I mean, if you're building it, you, you could invent something new. Right. You know, I, I, this is the, the ultimately the bigger issue with, with everything is there's just invention. You know, someone's going to come up with something and it's not going to be regulated. Designer weapons. Right. And that's oh. and that's a problem, too, is um, because the laws are so convoluted and, and because you have to get a federal firearms license, et cetera, to do certain things, uh, SOT license, it, it's stifled innovation. So if you're if you're a, a hobbyist gunsmith and you have a really good idea for a new type of machine gun that you think is um, very important, something let's say that you you think this machine gun could revolutionize the U.S. military and you really want to design this thing on your own. You want to patent it on your own, uh, but you don't have a federal firearms license. You know, you're, you're going to be committing a felony very quickly. So um, it, it, unless you get a boat and go out into international waters to do it. <laughs> There you go. Okay, building islands. With uh, John McAfee, you get on his boat. and uh, Yeah, I, I heard that there was a bunch of these ultra-wealthy individuals who were going to buy a cruise ship and just park it right off of international waters so they can do whatever they wanted. It's Ayn Rand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The Chinese are building islands. That's an interesting concept. Or you can go to China. China will let you do it. You could walk in and be like, hey, you want bullets? They'd be like, good, do it. So I, my concern here now is that trying to regulate the home industry is insanity. It that, is. That if you try to make it illegal for someone to do what they're doing, you're just creating criminals and it's not going to stop. It might stop some of them, but it won't stop the innovation itself. You know, look, er early on in the United States, we greatly prospered because crazy people did crazy things out in the middle of nowhere. You had uh, uh, Mary Curie's papers are all radioactive. Yeah, you can't do that these days. You, you, you get anywhere near trying to do that kind of research, they're going to lock you up. There was some dude who was obsessed with it. I, I read the story. Where he was like a young guy, and he's taking smoke alarms because they that, had a little that, bit of that happened in Commerce Township radon, about uh, Americium or ten whatever? minutes from my house. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, 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 in Michigan. And yeah. he kept taking little bits, and then he put it into. I think he had like a, a lead cast. He, he built a breeder reactor in his <laughs> in his uh, in his shed, and he radiated yeah. the whole the town basically. Yeah, he I think he radiated the shed and and his yeah. house. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was, he created a death beat. He was basically just, and there's a, I want to say there's a book or a, or a movie about it. It's called the radioactive boy scout. And yeah, so he was getting these smoke alarms and there's a small amount of radioactive material in there. And he basically collected enough of it that he could create a pile that would, uh, become yeah, a, 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 a breeder. Well, yeah, so right. he had like this casing with a, a, fu a funneling channel. So he could fire the, oh the particles as yeah. a death beam, yeah. and he was covered in lesions. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Yeah, he was very. Yeah, he, I, I don't. I don't know if he's still alive. I, he may have. Uh, Did died you ever hear this the story? Point. This is a brief aside of the guy who studied the first atomic bomb and touched it on accident. He dropped it on his on his hand, oh. and it like sent a, a super shock well, wave were, through his body. Well, he was like, "Ow!" And then what, he what happened two hours later? What happened was they, the, the the demon core. Yeah, is that what you're and they about? would yeah. and they would yeah. hold it separated from critical mass with a screwdriver. <laughs> And then one day it dropped it and it flashed and then he picked it up and it was too late. Yeah. The flash had he, he basically died. destroyed yeah, the protein. Poison. I think he made yeah. contact with something, physical contact, and it shot through him like instead of electricity, though, it was like a deep penetrating radioactive pulse through his body. Well, I don't know who that guy is, but there oh, was a we story gotta find of, that uh, someday. The yeah, demon the, core. The demon core is killed. There's been like three or four incidents with that same core uh, where, where people... Jeez. Almost created a. They were holding a screwdriver between it to yeah, stop between the two masses. halves, and they would get right. it. They would twist it and get it close, yeah. and then it dropped and. Maybe Earth is now at capacity 
because we have all this like overarching oversight, like you can't do a fusion. Re- if you do a fusion reactor, you'll get a knock on your door. But do we maybe we have to go into space? I'm just thinking outside the box. International here. waters. I mean, it depends on what you're doing. Cool. I mean, dropping bombs is a bad thing. But yeah, maybe space stations. Uh, the, the point is this. If some random dude can go collect smoke al- smoke detectors and then make a death ray and, and cover himself in lesions, like people can do crazy dude. things that they choose to do. It. Yeah. Well, and, and that's not even the worst of it. There's other things that people can do. And, and the long story, the, the, the point of all this is if there's a famous story about a dude who took smoke detectors to do yeah. this, it's only a matter of time before technology advances. I mean, you look at uh, uh, lithium, for instance. I, I did an interview with this guy. His name is Evan Booth. He did a whole series on how airports contain everything you need to make explosive devices. And he went to an airport. He bought all the supplies, brought them home. And then manufactured these things as a demonstration, a security demonstration, saying, here's what you can do. So when I was working for, for Vice, I looked at his research and I said, let's, let's see if this is replicable. And I, on my way to flying to, to him for the interview, in the airport, I bought a series of items. And then I went to his house and I said, here's what we got. And he goes, yep. And we easily configured it in such a way that we made explosives very, very easily. Sure. And you didn't need tools to do it. You could you could basically do it with your bare hands. Yep, it's a mental health issue to me. I, I mean, that's it's a, it's it's. Listen, look, I think it's a, it, it's part of what I consider I call like the scaling problem. You guys have probably heard me talk about it a long mm-hmm. time. Long story short, because I know a lot of people have heard me mention it too much. But if you have more and more and more people, you're going to get more stories about people doing sure. crazy things. I, I, uh, I I've mentioned this story a few times when I was at Glenn Beck Studio. He had, he had a newspaper. These really, really old newspapers from the 1800s I was reading. And one of them talked about a guy leaving a bar. And some dude ran up to him, 1800s, and put a gun to his chest and pulled the trigger and then ran away. Like, that happened. These things happen. You know, back in the day, you had mass shootings. We, we have this trope about the Wild West where, like, the, the, the bad guy would ride in with his gang and just start shooting people and take whatever he wanted. They couldn't do anything about it. It's actually better now than it's ever been. Yet we still have people demanding more and more laws and regulations. Right. And, and we have people that think it's a good thing that the government is willing to kill people for fairly innoc. I mean, you know, if you think Randy Weaver had to see his wife killed right in front of him by the ATF for sawing the barrel on a shotgun uh, an inch shorter than what was legally permissible by the government. So when they came so in and killed him, we yeah, basically what the 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 long story short, he was the the ATF was trying to use him as an informant because he lived near some white supremacists in uh, in in Idaho, and he said, "No, I'm not going to inform on these people. They're my neighbors. You may not like what they do, and I may not like what they do, but I'm not going to rat them. I'm not going to inform on them for you." So the ATF sent an agent out and basically they knew that he needed money. So they offered him some money to saw the barrel on a shotgun shorter than was legally allowable. And he did. Uh, as a result, they charged him with a felony. Um, he didn't appear in court because uh, they sent him a court summons and supposedly didn't get to the right place. Bottom line, didn't show up for court. So they they issued a warrant and they went out to his house and... Um, basically were on his property surveilling him. His uh, son stumbled upon them while he was out walking his dog. The ATF agents shot his dog. Uh, and so the Randy Weaver's son, not knowing what was going on, shot back. 
and killed one of the ATF agents. They returned fire and killed Randy Weaver's son. Wow. So they, uh, his son's friend ran back to the cabin and told them what happened. And so they holed up in the cabin. And at one point, uh, one of the ATF agents, Lon Harucci, um, basically was a, a sniper, more or less. They were surveilling his cabin and uh, they had issued orders to shoot any adult male on site who was carrying a weapon. That was their that was their their orders. So there was a point where uh, I can't uh, I want to say Randy had left the cabin to go see the body of his son, which was in the shed. And as he was returning back, they tried to shoot him as he was going back into the cabin. Bullet missed Randy Weaver and hit his wife in the head and killed wow. her. His wife was holding his baby uh, in her arms, killed him right in front of her, uh, killed her right in front of him. And uh, nobody got charged with anything. Uh, and yeah. uh, our uh, AG Bill Barr uh, wrote a letter saying that Lon Harucci should be fully exonerated, that he didn't do anything wrong. And uh, that was the story of Ruby Ridge. Yep. So Crazy. same same thing with I mean, you know, Waco more or less was was uh, uh, about guns as well. Um, you know, they there was certainly a lot of you know not great things happening with the Branch Davidians and Waco. I mean, you know, you can you can talk a lot about that, but what it, really what it came down to was the ATF thought that they were selling guns without a permit, and um, you know, as a result, that concerns me because. With the, I mean, as a result, they stormed the building, they lit it on yep. fire and burned everyone alive. Lit it on fire, alive. burned everyone alive, right. Um, because they thought they would come out, they didn't come out, right. so they burned to death. It, like, families, like 20, 30, yep. I don't know how many people. I think it death. was about 50. So, with the 3D printing revolution and people printing guns in their houses, if the government goes haywire and starts to think, like, it's sure. illegal, we're coming to flush you out, we think this, that, that's so dangerous. I mean, I think it's just hands-off time. Well, I think it's, you know... It, there's a, it's it's hard because it, it it's there are many people in the the gun community who are willing you know to criticize the ATF, uh, especially not those in the industry. So I you know, I try to tread carefully with that because obviously we have a number of ATF licenses, but you know there's a lot of things going on. They're they're trying they're they're seriously considering banning uh, pistol braces, uh, basically configuring an AR-15 in a particular manner. Now, there are something like 4 million AR-15s in the United States configured in this way. So if you ban those overnight, um, you will inevitably have uh, groups of people, myself included, who are going to say, uh, we're not turning those in, period. I I'm just not going to hand it over. What's a pistol brace? So a pistol brace was a device invented uh, some years ago that effectively allows a uh, a, sh a shooter to hold an AR-15 one-armed and shoot it. And so the brace basically goes around your forearm, allowing you to shoot it. Now, uh, they're designed in such a way that that's not the only way that you can use a pistol brace. Um, so this all goes back to the National Firearms Act of 1934, which says you can't have a rifle with a barrel under 16 inches in length. You can have a pistol with a barrel 16 inches in length. And so what you do is you build an AR-15 with a barrel shorter than 16 inches, um, and you have this pistol brace that theoretically makes it a pistol, but the 
most of the braces are designed in a way where they can be shouldered fairly easily. And so the ATF originally issued a statement that said, um, if you shoulder, if you, if you take a brace that was designed to fit around your forearm and you, and you put it up against your shoulder, you've committed a felony because now, Whoa. now you've made a short barreled rifle, which is a, which is an, <laughs> wow. an NFA item. Wow. So then they changed their mind and said, well, as long as the brace was originally designed to be a brace, if you shoulder it, um, you're basically just not using it as designed and, and we don't see that as being, as having constructed a short-barreled rifle. And now recently it seems as if they're changing their mind again. And so, you know, part of the problem here is that the, the ATF is basically allowed to change their mind anytime they want. There's a problem going on right now with a company that designed uh, a G36 rifle, uh, basically like a clone of an HK. And the ATF said, yeah, this looks fine. You can sell this. And then they changed their mind and said, oh, wait, no, um, we've decided that this is too close to being easily converted into a machine gun. So we, we need you to get all these back from your customers and change the whole change the design in such a way that it makes it harder to configure it as a as a machine gun or harder, harder to, to modify. So they're basically changing their minds anytime they want. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, uh, I'll probably get a lot of negative feedback for it. But you know what? Trump made that possible because um Trump basically looked the other way as the ATF and the DOJ decided that a bump stock was a machine gun, even though it's not based on the legal definition of a machine gun. And as a result, that's opened up a lot of leeway for uh, the ATF and the DOJ under the Biden administration or any other administration to simply change the rules anytime they want. And, uh, what what are we to do? So the machine gun is when you pull the trigger, it fires multiple rounds. Correct. But the bump stock just made it so you can pull the trigger faster. Yes. So it's not a machine. They're not machine it's, guns. They're, they're not. They're simulated. They're not machine auto. guns. It's simulated full auto fire. I mean, I know people who can pull the trigger as fast as. I mean, you you, you can, can bump fire you can again. bump fire a, a, an, an AR-15 without a bump stock. I mean, it, it can be done. It's not, it's not super easy. It takes a little bit of practice, but it can be done. So, you know, we're getting into this weird territory where we have people that don't really understand how firearms operate. I mean, even people in the ATF that don't really understand them all that well who are, uh, dictating what you can buy and what you can configure. And it, it's just, it, it's a, it's a never-ending fight. Do you think there are like configurations of, of rifles and pistols that should be illegal to civilians? I can't think of any. I just don't see why the configuration of the firearm makes uh, a murdering somebody any more or less bad, right? I mean, there, the, the laws already exist. Yeah, the laws already exist. I mean, the, the, you know, the National Firearms Act was written because. Uh, you know, the government made a mistake, prohibition, uh, which created all of these, uh, you know, gangs who were who were running alcohol. And at the time, you could basically buy anything as a civilian. So, of course, all the, the gangs making all this black market money on alcohol, they could afford whatever they want. So they had better weapons than the police because they had no budget. Right. So they had Tommy guns and all kinds of things. So they created the the NFA to basically make it more difficult for they, they, they said that they were making it more difficult for these gangs to obtain weapons. So what they did was they put a $200 tax 
so this is pre-ATF. So they basically said this is not an infringement on the Second Amendment. It's a tax, right? And similar yeah, well, to what they did with Obamacare. So prohibition. Yeah. At the time, $200 was a lot of money. It, I think it was equivalent to like uh, $15,000 or something wow. in, in modern day times. So so your average citizen couldn't afford one. But, you know, did Al Capone care about that? No. First of all, he had the money. Second of all, he, didn't, he wasn't going to pay it anyway. <laughs> so uh, So they kept all their machine guns. But it's the it's it's the the civilians that weren't allowed uh, to own these things anymore. And in in fact, the National Firearms Act, when it was originally proposed, uh, they wanted to ban all handguns. That's the reason that wow. the 16 inch barrel length is still in the NFA. They base they they ended up removing handguns from the NFA, but they left in this barrel length requirement, which sets it at 16 inches. So you can't have a rifle with a barrel under 16 inches unless you're going to register it as an NFA firearm. Why 16 inches? Who the hell knows? Somebody picked that number, thought it sounded good. Oh, you can't conceal it. I mean, come on. So let's, ridiculous. Uh, let's jump over to Super Chats and see what the, the audience has to say. With uh, uh, On that note, if you haven't already, smash the like button. Go to TimCast.com and become a member. Because we'll have a really fun bonus segment coming up talking about the certain things that we're not allowed to say on, on YouTube. Look, we're talking about guns and things like that. YouTube gets pretty strict, and they've had some crazy instances. Did you know that at one point Google banned the word gun? To such a degree that you couldn't search for the anime Gundam Wing. Oh you guys ever hear of Gundam? Yeah, I love yeah. Gundam Wing. Giant robots? Sure. You couldn't search for it. It was it was not there. <laughs> and everybody was laughing because Google banned the word gun. Anything with G-U-N, it just wasn't showing what? up. Those are like people's names so and stuff. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Gunner, let's, uh, some and, people's and, name Gunner. And cities that have gun in their name, Gunnison. Like, <laughs> can't look it up. The city's gone. It's not on the maps anymore. All right, let's read some of these Super Chats, guys. Smash that like button. Acme Products says, Tim, I'm glad you fulfilled your destiny and have become a true roof Korean. Top floor. <laughs> roof top floor. Korean. That's right. Great. Yeah. It's and shout guy. out to uh, Black Guns right. Matter. Oh, Nash yeah. Toure. We had him on, had oh, him yeah. on the show. Yeah. My boy. Yeah. Cool, dude. Uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie says, would you be willing to have Colian Noir in the future? Any, any time, any day, as whenever the dude wants to come out, we, we've, <laughs> we've been, uh, we, we've had him up before. I've talked to him. He's, he's, he's always welcome. Absolutely. That'd be fantastic. He'd be great. A. Mazed says, Phoenix, do you ship to California? I need supply drops behind enemy lines. So uh, we don't fix your state. That's what I have to say. <laughs> we, we, here, uh, we, we did try it. So uh, in California, ammunition has to be shipped to – this is how crazy it is. In California, you have to pass a background check to purchase ammunition, which means we can't ship it directly to the customer. It has to be shipped to a, an FFL dealer wow. who performs the background check. We did that for a short amount of time, and it was a nightmare. I mean, people would say, hey, send it to this FFL, and the FFL had no idea that it was coming there. And, and so we, then we had to play mediator between our customer and this FFL. It it it, it, yeah, it was just too hard to navigate. We're, we're, awful. Yeah. Dead Eye 22 says, hey, Tim and co., super chats on the website when? Uh, soon, maybe within the next month or so. So we're actually setting up some pretty cool – proprietary tech where we want people to be able to have all the same functionality as you would get on YouTube on our website. But we still will keep YouTube as the principal hub for like, you know, you subscribe, you hit the like button, you share all that stuff. But we are going to have it functional on the website as well, just because it doesn't make sense to not have it. So uh, we'll, 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 we will be setting all that up. He goes on to say AR versus AK, Glock versus Sig versus Walther and why? If you had to pick three caliber, what would it be? Uh, so... I am an AR guy because 
this is America, and we invented <laughs> the AR-15. We are not communists. Uh, so AR. I personally am a big Glock shooter. I don't have a ton of experience with other handguns. I I love Glocks. I picked that. I stuck with it. What was the other question? Calibers? Three calibers. What would they be? Uh, I mean, you got to go with the NATO calibers because when when the uh, stuff hits the fan, that's what's going to be Universal. laying on the floor. So 9mm, 5.56, 7.62x51. But not 308 because it's a different pressure, right? Yeah, there are pressure differences, but I mean, if you have a every modern 308 rifle is really chambered. Most of them are chambered in 762 by 51, so they can shoot both. So you can always go backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah but not yeah. the other way. Typically, right? not the other way. Right. Yeah. B. Anderson says my boss's son worked on the new Mars rover, and he said their name is on it. That's really cool. <laughs> Amazing. That is awesome. awesome. Mark T says Gab is suspended from Twitter. Wow, did that happen? Oh my Crazy. Gosh. Wow. Samuel Eddy says, good to see a fellow Michigander and Patriot made it on the show. Hopefully we can meet again on the range. There you go. Phi Duong says, should stop selling ammunition to federal agents as well. Law enforcement agencies, depending on jurisdiction. Uh, well, if any of you have been looking at our Twitter account recently, you would know that we have stopped selling to police departments. Uh, so that happened as a result of us being fined. Uh, by the Michigan Health Department for not wearing masks in, inside of our own building. Uh, a Novi police officer came in because of an anonymous complaint. And uh, while I was arguing with him in the lobby, a customer came in to pick up his order. He was in the lobby for all of 10 seconds. There's a counter between him and I. He was wearing a mask. I was not. And when the officer filled out his report, he noted that I had serviced a customer without a mask, and he sent his report to the health department, and the health department fined us $1,000. And that same day, I said, I will never sell ammunition to a police department again unless <laughs> they agree that they're not going to infringe on my rights, and I know that they won't. So it's not going to happen. Lior Engelstein says, as a firearms manufacturer that sells exclusively online, I will follow your example and have the Biden exclusion on my website as well soon. All right. Bravo. That's awesome. Go. This needs to be a trend, man. I mean, so the, the, what, what the, there's like four big ammo companies or there, there's more than that that are big, but like f there's four that are like the biggest or what? Yeah, basically the industry is a lot more consolidated than people know, uh, which is why we have uh, such a shortage right now. So there's there's basically big four big companies that control most of it. Remington, Winchester, CCI and Federal. Those are who make all the primers. So all of even a company like Hornaday buys its primers from those companies. So um, a company like us. We are basically assembling ammunition out of the component parts. We don't make primers ourselves, so we rely on them for the supply chain. There are some things in the works that, not from us personally, but from folks that I know that will help to solve that problem. But, uh, yeah, it, it is, it is an issue. The, the industry is, is very, is much more consolidated. There's a lot of boutique AR-15 builders out there, a ton of them, mm. but a lot of them get their forgings from only a few plants. So most of them get their bolt carriers from only a few companies that make them. So, um, it's, so I guess, I guess the, the, the issue I was going to bring up is that these, these big ammo companies, their, their primary customers are government. Right. Exactly. They're not going to walk away from that. Correct. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, when you talk about the military industrial complex, I mean, that's not us. Our, our customers are, are, are people, uh, but the the big the big ammunition companies, the big firearms companies, they make most of their money in government contracts 
uh, police departments, foreign foreign governments, etc. So truthfully, that's why most of them don't really speak out all that much in favor of the Second Amendment, because really they could do without it. I mean, it would stress their bottom line a little bit. But, you know, if if the government repealed, if, if, if there was a repeal on the Second Amendment and there was no citizen-owned firearms in the United States, the, the government would not allow the weapons manufacturing industry in the United States to go out of right. business. I mean, that's it, it's stupid. They, right. It just wouldn't happen. JB says, Tim, tell Justin, JB says hello from Michigan, and I love his strategy for educating former Vice President Joe Biden's voters. Love your show, longtime viewer. Thank you. Z-Dub says, Joe Biden voted yes to make online sales of firearms possible. Have Sour Patch Lids look it up. He sounded like a conservative when voting yes. Crazy. Was that a long time ago? Possibly. He's been in for 47 years. I mean, he voted, he was instrumental in passing the Clinton assault weapons ban of Mm. 94, so I would find that very hard to believe. Justin Bookman says, you can get a 50 caliber air rifle shipped to your home. I've been thinking about getting one for hunting. Like you said, Tim, one way or another, we will have our guns, we will defend ourselves, and I'd like to see them try to take them all away. You can do that, an air rifle, 50 caliber? Probably. Um, I don't know all that much about air rifles, but I mean, you know, muskets were 50 caliber, 46 right, caliber. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty common. So, I mean, it can be done for Interesting. sure. Interesting. Steve Bassford says, love you guys. Donating from the hospital. Tim, do you watch One Piece? If so, who are your favorite male and female characters? Much love. Keep on keeping on. I don't watch One Piece. Uh, I've seen some stuff here or there, but never been a big fan. Although I know it's like basically the most popular show in Japan, anime <laughs> nice. and, and manga. Excited for now, excited for now says, fun fact, in the 90s, Pepsi actually had a larger fleet of warships than the U.S. at one point. <laughs> Is that true? That sounds crazy. That's that fact. sounds crazy. I know that there was like some, some fiasco where, I, think, I don't know if it was Pepsi or Coke, offered like a gag award of a fighter, F-16 fighter. And it was oh, like I remember real. that. Yeah, they had to, they had to have a million Pepsi points. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was Someone actually on the, actually on the, on the caps. Yes, yeah. I, I remember that. VS says in CA, we have to get a background check every time we buy ammo. Yeah, you were mentioning that. Yeah. Every time. And, 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 and you know, they want to push that uh, federally, too. That's right. It. Yep. They want to ban 50 BMG out, right? right? Timothy Peterson says, wondering if Phoenix can make some 50 cals for the AR-15 rep Sheila Jackson Lee directed me towards. <laughs> I reload, but can't find any components that fit the criteria. Yeah, 50 cal, um, it's too tall for our presses, and it's just not really our target market. It, it, it's, it's a tough round to make. Is this? Is this yeah, literally that, the same size as a 50 cal? That, that's a 50, 50, 50 BMG. Uh, it's not yeah. identical. It's yeah, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly the yeah, size. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the 50 BMG is basically a scaled-up 30-06. Because uh, yeah, I got a 50. Massive. I yeah. Got, yeah, I, I, think, I thought it was slightly different. But it looks about right to me. I mean, from from here, that looks about right. When we went out to the range, we posted a video of it. Luke was like, don't worry, everyone's only going to want to shoot one. In fact, not everyone wanted to shoot at all. (laughs) They're like cannon rounds. Yeah, it's a... So, the the energy is unbelievable in those. We we had a breech-loading 50 cal, which apparently is much more force into your shoulder than, say, like... It's not using any of the recoil to reset, so... Right, right, yep. So the recoil goes straight into your arm. So I'm told that with like a Barrett, you know, there's more springs, yep. less energy, it's yep. more manageable. That's a big problem. Uh, you know, if you go into like your average FUD gun store and you talk to the guy behind the counter FUD. and you say, yeah, FUD, uh, <laughs> uh, that's an industry term. So uh, they'll say, you know, get yourself a pump action shotgun for home defense. And that is like the worst possible advice you could ever give somebody because 
pump action shotguns, all the recoil goes back into your shoulder. Yeah. A semi-automatic shotgun uses some of that recoil to reset the chamber. So, I mean, it's it's like that thing. It, it's just like a trope you can't get rid of because in every movie there's some guy with a shotgun at his hip and, you know, it's yeah, like the old Terminator movie. Yeah, exactly. Right. But it's, it's like (laughs) the worst, the worst possible advice you can give to somebody. I mean, what happens when, you know, your, your 115 pound wife goes to shoot your pump action 12 gauge? She flies back a hundred feet, slams into the wall. It's just one of those things we can't die. We can't kill. I definitely love bringing this point up so much when uh, that journalist claimed to have gotten PTSD from firing an (laughs) AR-15. And I'm like, yeah. the dude's never been turkey hunting. Right. You know, like, you, you want to talk about using an AR-15 claiming it's a weapon of war. Please go hunt some snakes or turkeys in your backyard with a standard 12-gauge. And then you're going to be like, that was worse. Yeah. If I mean, that, If that guy got PSD, PTSD from a 5.56, five, I couldn't imagine. He, he, he would flip over and fly back 20 feet, land on the ground with broken bones from a 12-gauge. I mean, I, there's a uh, – I think her name is Daniela – I, I'm I'm not on Instagram anymore since I got banned, so I don't remember. But she's like a 14 year old three gun shooter, shoots an AR-15 all the time. <laughs> so there's a, like a video of like a little joke. girl with a pink AR shooting. Yeah, like everyone made fun of it's, this guy. Chris Chang says, "Shout out from Newport News, but the opposite end of the city from Fort Useless. I mean Eustace, the end of the city where they build all the aircraft carriers for the U.S. Navy." Discount code MC Listener. Uh, Fort Fort Useless. It brings a lot of money to Newport News, you know, to the to the Hampton Roads area. So it may be, but at least people are getting money from the government, which then goes to stores <laughs> and rent and buildings and, you know, all that stuff. Oh, man, we got a bunch of uh, Super Chats that I, I, I can't I can't read. <laughs> Jessica oh, Coy says Europe pretty much outlawed firearms. People just start stabbing those who wish to do harm. will find a way. I think Switzerland didn't. Right. They're, they're pretty pro. Yeah, right? Switzerland. But it, it's not as it's not as permissible as you think. I mean, basically, the idea is when you uh, the, the Swiss train everybody in, in basic military operations. And so they're issued uh, a military firearm and some amount of ammunition. But it's not like they can just go out and carry that thing around. I mean, they're accountable for the number of rounds they have. So, I mean, it it's great. I, I, I the Swiss are unique in, in Europe in yeah. that sense. Uh, but it's not exactly the same uh, as, yeah. as it would be. They were their history of the Swiss is fascinating because they because of so mountainous they they'd hide in the mountains right. with their spears and they could never be conquered. Yeah, yeah. J Max says I trained in EOD during military time. You'd be surprised at human ingenuity, especially when it's coupled with humans' ability to commit atrocities. Absolutely. Oh, I believe it, man. What's EOD? That, Explosive Ordnance Disposal. I mean, look nice. at you know Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Right. Mm. Was he was he military or what? Uh he was ex military, yeah. But I mean he basically built a bomb out of stuff. Standard, like yeah, pretty st- easy to get stuff. Standard easy to get things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could put talk it mildly. That one it was it was like just like it's fertilizer. fertilizer. Fer- is right, right. is an info, uh ammonium nitrate, fuel oil, fertilizer. I mean that's you know, that's And that guy, when you're up against a foe that's desperate and doesn't have access to your common weapons would probably be making it out of the most creative stuff, I would imagine. Anything that can blow up, you know, sure. can blow up. Turk Longwell says, Tim, a Marine Corps motto, one shot, one kill. Justin, did you serve? Did not serve. Um, just had a, had a passion for the industry and, and you know, basically, I mean, it, 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 it all started more or less. I, I was working for an insurance company. And I dealt with manufacturing companies, and my sales territory was the city of Detroit and the outerlying suburbs. 
And, you know, it, I went into some pretty seedy areas. The manufacturers that are left in the city are, are in some of the worst areas. And so I decided I, uh, the company policy was that I was not allowed to carry a firearm, but I decided that I'd rather be alive and get fired than be dead and have the company extol my virtues as being such a great employee. I, I, one of the things I like about your work is that you were mentioning all your self-defense training, like mm-hmm. martial arts training. You were a yep. wrestler. and. Yep. That's great. So you're a black belt in jujitsu, is that yep. what Brazilian yep. jujitsu? And what other forms of martial arts have you practiced? Uh, just that. So I, uh, well, so I, I wrestled uh, at Central Michigan University for uh, two years, and then uh, got got a little bit injured, couldn't compete at the level that I wanted to. Uh, got into judo because that was the closest thing I wanted to compete. I, I enjoyed that. So I spent some years doing judo, and then when I graduated, I moved back to Novi and. Tried to find a good judo school, but most of them were, you know, kind of older guys. I wanted to talk about the weather and, and get a little bit of a sweat in, but I wanted to compete. I was still young and, I, you know, I had that kind of fire under me. So I uh, found my way to Warrior Way Martial Arts in Commerce Township, uh, got into jujitsu and found that I enjoyed that more than I did wrestling or, or judo. And uh, now that I'm getting more deep in, into firearms training and, and that's become a bigger part of my life, there's so many parallels, you know, with jujitsu. Everything is about what is your opponent doing with their hands, right? Or how are they gripping? What are they, what are they grabbing? Um, and firearms training is the same way. You know, if you're grappling with people and there's firearms, you know, you have to be accountable for, for their hands this, at all times. And we've barely talked about, we didn't even mention this tonight, but the police officers are, have a lack of training in martial arts and Andrew and Yang firearms and has suggested that every police officer should at least be a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Sure. Yep. I think it's, I think that's an incredible idea. I agree. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, the, the, the place that I worry away martial arts has a program. I, I can't remember the name of it. I, it uh, something blue belt, but basically it's a, it's a scholarship program where uh, they're trying to get police officers to at least get to their blue belt level. And we have a ton. I mean, we have police officers, we have uh, Homeland security, uh, agents. We have, uh, even an ATF agent. Uh, I like to joke with him a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, cops put their hands on people far more often than they're shooting at people. And, uh, they're really very poorly trained in both. Uh, then that's that, you know, the, the public doesn't really understand that when you see police shootings in particular. Oh, why didn't he shoot him in the leg? It's like, well, okay. First of all, that's very difficult for a very highly trained shooter, but, Police officers um, in many departments are only shooting 100 or 200 rounds a year to qualify. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of them treat policing like a job. And so it, if the department isn't going to pay for them to train, they won't train. Uh, How many rounds do you think? Uh, we got we to gotta read some more. Sorry. Oh, okay. uh, Quiet Guitarist fan says, Doubt this will get read, but was awesome seeing Ian on Adamcast. Definitely make more appearances. Also, your guest has an awesome hoodie on. Solutionary stick together. Black guns matter. Thank you they for do. forcing me to listen to that super chat. There you go. I had a great time on AdamCast, everyone. Check out AdamCast. <laughs> Matthew Templeton says, we need ammo protection. The Second Amendment doesn't say anything about ammo, nor does it specify specifically what a gun is for. A gun is, uh, is a legally owned chunk of metal with no ammo. Yep. Well, the Fair. original uh, text of the original article before it became an amendment specifically said that even if you didn't want to join a militia or the military, you were allowed to have a gun, which is very sure. clear, like, it's your right to have a gun, period. And they got rid of it because they were scared it would uh, give an argument against conscription. Yeah, and there's historical precedent for protecting, um, you know, the, some of the precursors to the American Revolution. One of them was the powder alarm, where uh, General Gage... 
basically stole, uh, confiscated all of the powder out of a, a storehouse uh, and in, in I, it was uh, in Boston, I believe. And he, he so he knew that, well, your firearms, especially back in that day, were, were useless if you didn't have any any powder. And so there is historical precedent that ammunition uh, is part of it, it's obviously part and parcel of the Second Amendment. Yeah, I think that there's there should be no debate about that whatsoever. We should be clear about that and make ammo yeah. protection. I agree with that. Brian Toomey says, did you see that woke, that the woke feminists are upset that Chun-Li isn't in the new Mortal Kombat movie, even though she is a Street Fighter character? I did see that, and I couldn't believe they didn't just delete the article when they oh finally realized. It was Uh-oh. titled, Mortal Kombat trailer's out, but where's Chun-Li? And everybody, oh like, regular, were like, why are, you, why are you writing this? Uh, and then at the bottom, it's like, update. We learned why she wasn't there. She's a Street Fighter character or something. I mean, it's that like, has to have started on, like, 4chan or something, right? Where they're like, oh, these idiots are going to... Leave it up for us. Let, let's tell them Chun-Li's not in there and see if they print it. <laughs> Ralph Miss says, UK has banned guns, then knives, and now they regulate Drano due to acid attacks. <sighs> Explosive drones were used in fighting uh, in, in the Middle East. Also, also, there was a Glock drone built by an 18-year-old teen. Yeah, we talked about that stuff, too. One of the funny things my friends and I were talking about building was a drone that fires, you know, party poppers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that's all it did was fire a party popper. That'd be awesome. Because then the the, the, the paper and the confetti could take out other drones. So mm. the idea was you'd fly it and then Clog fire. up the rotors. Exactly. Yeah. The, the paper bits would get, oh. they'd probably get mutilated, but could potentially jam it up. And then, so if you put string and it yeah, was yeah. blanket a bunch of string, the drones would fall from the sky. It's crazy. Ismail Thompson says Katrina was the one instance of gun confiscation in America. It happened recently. Yep. Learned today on Col- uh, Colleen Noir's channel. Yeah, that happened. And after Hurricane Katrina, uh, the the government said this is an emergency situation and we have the right to confiscate your guns. Oh, my God. John Lalane says, Tim, I want to make you a surfboard. I made them for Hasoi Mountain and Hackett. I skated Paul Revere in the 70s. I DM'd you on Instagram. I never check my Instagram DMs, but I will I will check them and uh, and see what's up. Fran Pham says, stop using Vietnam as an example against the U.S. Even the communists admitted their tactics weren't winning them the war or any battles against the U.S. and RVN. They won by demoralizing propaganda. Interesting. Level 99 Mastermind says, Tim, you frequently mentioned mentioned true value. Have you ever played the Metro 2033 series? It's post-apocalypse. Quality factory made 762 is scarce. More powerful than homemade ammo. And is the main currency in the series. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> I love Fallout. You guys play Fallout? Mm-mm. There's just bullets everywhere. <laughs> and like odd calibers too. You're like, oh, 40 millimeter. You know what they're doing Fallout. <laughs> or a 10 millimeter. Yeah, 10 millimeter. When they make Fallout 5 is get rid of caps and just make the ammo the currency. Yeah. I think that's really funny. You go to the gun store now and they have like 40 and they have uh, 40 caliber and they have 10 millimeter. Yeah. And it's just like, well, nobody wants it. But in Fallout, maybe that's why it was everywhere. A ten millimeters. <laughs> ten millimeters is actually getting a pretty good resurgence. Really? Uh, that, yeah. Before everything went crazy, it's been hard to get parts. But we we had a we have a real hardcore group of ten millimeter shooters. That's like the one odd caliber that we actually make. And uh, do you, it, do you think eventually fun. everything's going to fall to the NATO? Uh, you know, calibers. Mm, no, I think there's always going to be room. I mean, I think you know, forty Smith and Wesson shouldn't exist. Uh, sorry. 40 shooters, but it's a stupid round. It was only invented because you couldn't handle 10 millimeter, and you know it. Just admit it. Do you think we can ever build but, a... Oh, finish that thought. 
anyway, uh, I, I think there's always going to be a big, broad range of calibers. I just yeah. you know. my question is, do you think we'll ever be able to create a gun that can handle multiple calibers? Like it can change the uh, shape. There already is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who makes it, but there. Well, first of all, there's a revolver that can fire 45 ACP, 45 the, long, the 45 Colt. Yeah, the governor and 410 shotgun shells. But uh, there's a company building like a survival type rifle that can shoot. I can't remember the calibers. I want to say five, five, six, and um, a few others. Twenty-two uh, long rifle, maybe with with very few part changes, if any. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it, it can be done. Well, the the thing about the governor and the judge is that forty-five ACP and forty-five uh, they can shoot forty-five ACP, forty-five long. If you're shooting forty-five ACP, they need a moon clip or semi moon. Right. But with four ten, you can get a variety of different kinds loads. Of, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You can get slugs. You can get yeah. buckshot. You can get target load. So theoretically, shotguns can take. You can you can take a shotgun, a twelve gauge, and you can put slug, buckshot, right. birdshot, game, and then even exotic rounds, dragon's breath. Is that that's what's called, right? Yeah, dragon's breath. Yeah. So yeah. you can you can you 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 know if you're doing pump or semi-auto, you can pull the trigger and different things come out each time. Can they fire sabots? Shotguns? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sabos Oh, Um What's the difference between the judge and the governor? Uh, judge, I believe, is a little smaller and is a five-round cylinder, and the governor is six. Yeah, uh, and I think they make polymer judges. Oh, pretty sure. Super lightweight. Not yeah. sure. Not and a not a revolver guy. Yeah, to each their own. Abrasive FPV says, I sent in a super chat a couple weeks ago when you had Control Pew on. We are now legally selling 3D printed firearms. At silver underscore arms on Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry, silver hawk underscore arms on Twitter. That's interesting because the idea was 3D printed uh, guns would be cheaper. So you can make, you know, lower Theoretically, cost. Yeah. yeah. Theoretically. Yeah, Theoretically. Sure. If you, you know, interestingly, if you can get to the, it's all about mass production. Yeah. What makes a lot of guns cheaper is that they've got big factories that can right. make them, you know. So if you can invest in the technology for mass production, dramatically lowers the cost. 3D printed may theoretically be cheaper if they're being mass produced and the materials right. are cheaper and then it, you get the cost way down. The, the problem with 3D printing is just the time. You know, you can, uh, I've, I, I actually used to work with one of the forging plants that makes AR-15 receivers, uh, in Ferndale, Michigan. And I mean, you watch these forging presses. They're, they're making thousands of these things a day. You know, these things just a lot one of after time, another. You can 3D print the mold and then yeah. the forging in the mold. That'll hmm. help. Kind of can help help speed up production. All right, let's see. Monty says, "Say, bro, love your channel. Sent many super chats. Got to do you and look out for you. When someone has nothing to lose, they don't care what you face." Also mentioned, a lot of people were uh, shouting out Bitcoin breaking. What was it fifty? Six. Fifty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure the Binance coin. Fifty six. The Binance coin is now number three most valuable crypto. It was Under Ethereum. Thirty. Yeah. Wow. Next to wow. Th- it was thirty six bucks three weeks ago. It's three hundred and fifty now. Wow. If that's the coin that you use to cover the transaction costs on Binance when you use the market, hmm. so that's just an indication of how you, much more Binance is sure. being used to trade. We, we're starting to get more and more payments with uh, crypto on our website. I mean, it's not like super regular, but we, we get a fair number. That's so legit. James Scott says, ask him to make ammo, uh, ammo for M1 Garands. I'd buy buckets of the stuff. Yeah, the tough problem with that is 30-06, uh, it's a tall cartridge, so we'd, we'd have to get a different press to make it. And uh, you may buy buckets, but unless you've got a thousand other buddies that are willing to buy yeah. buckets it's it's tough to justify manufacturing anything if we're not making them you know 50 to a hundred thousand at a time 
Kevin Pilgrim says, Ian's headband is dope. I subscribed to .com about a month and a half ago and love all you do. Shout out to Luke and the lovely lady pressing the buttons. Dude, you are the man. Thank you. <laughs> all right, let's see. There are some super chats I want to read, but uh, it seems like they're... they're Spicy. Well, no, no, they're like... Uh, um, I'm missing the beginning of them. Garrett Hayden says, Tim, you are an inspiration to me. I would like to share a little project I've been working on. It's a sci-fi western manga called Soul's Requiem. I would be honored if you would come and check it out on Minds. Uh, yes, um, I'll do my best. Perhaps, what's the best way to contact, uh, DM me on Instagram, I guess. I suppose that's where people are trying to send me stuff and I will, I will be <laughs> checking that. So that's the easiest way for me to, to remember. Alejandro Bueno says, where's Luke? Also, I hate that Arizona seems like it's getting more liberal. Luke is out for the night yes. and Ian is replacing him. Well, hello. No, Luke's, uh, Luke, Luke's is doing a, a holiday family thing. It's particularly simple. That sounds nice. Some kind of, uh, uh. You know, Polish holiday where they eat a bunch of donuts, I guess. Oh, great. Nicer. No, I'm kidding. But it was Fat Tuesday recently. Mardi yep. Gras, you know, Fat Tuesday. So everybody That's was so weird that Mardi Gras came and went. I didn't, I heard you talk about yeah. it on the show. Yeah. So I got donuts. Oh. All right. We'll do one more. Robert Reynolds says, do you think if HR 127 passes, it will lead to armed revolt pers uh, pursuant of our constitutional obligation? How, how about this? How about this? How yes. about we, 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 we say this one for the exclusive members only segment? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, with apologies to Robert, because I know you asked the question, but I think we're going to start talking about things that might be too spicy for uh, for YouTube. Yeah, Susan, based on the question, Susan's going to come. Yeah, down right. Way. So it's like, well, we'll say this one for TimGuest.com. <laughs> Defensively, Susan. Yeah, because you know Google's yeah. already taken really hard moves against uh, uh, arms manufacturers and gun channels, yeah. and it's been pretty bad. And that, this question about armed revolt, I think we can't. You know, we'll do that. Timcast. Go to timcast.com, become a member. That, we'll have that, a that, that got us banned on Instagram and Facebook. So talking about revolution. <laughs> yeah, in general. yeah, yeah, yeah. Men yeah. Mentioning a certain Thomas Jefferson. Well, we'll, we'll save it. Yeah, hold on. If you, uh, if floral, you, floral print uh, <laughs> affinity okay. word. Yes. If, yes. if you want to learn more, go to timcast.com, become a member. In about an hour or so, we will have a bonus exclusive members only segment up where we uh, uh look i'm sorry if you guys don't like yeah. the fact that we're, we're trying to avoid getting strikes or getting banned yeah. but i think it's better that we can do this show and tell you 99 things and then save <laughs> that one thing for the website where you can still go and get it so go to timcast.com become a member you can follow me on uh, minds and parlor i'm going to promote those from now on for the most part at timcast my other youtube channels are youtube.com slash timcast and youtube.com slash timcast news this show is live monday through friday at 8 p.m so we'll be back Monday, but I am going to say this now. We are going, this time, I mean it, we're going to be filming at the range, sure. and we're going like, to get footage up. <laughs> we will do it. It will happen. So maybe Sunday, we might have a members only from the range with some instruction and a variety of, of, of different weapons and safety and all that stuff. So make sure you sign up, and uh, we'll see you all Monday. But uh, you want to shout out anything, Justin? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh Website, phoenixammo.com. Uh, you can follow us on, on Twitter at Phoenix Ammunition. Uh, I do want to say real quick, we do have, um, some people who are trying to, uh, scam, uh, potential customers. There is a fake Instagram and Facebook page pretending to be us. Uh, it's not us. So just be aware that our only social media is on Twitter. Uh, and for all of our, you know, potential customers, just be patient. We're doing the best we can. We know everybody wants ammo and we know everything's sold out, but we're working as fast as we can and uh, we'll do our best. Awesome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to having another conversation with you in the future someday where we can talk more about the machining aspect of everything. So we talked about a lot about ethics today. Yeah. Um, I just want to really confirm what Tim's saying. This TimCast.com thing's great because we're kind of using it as a flagship for this, in my opinion, the future of the internet. I've been 
working on an idea to put together internet, what we'll call 3.0, where we take like the matrix protocol, use minds technology and maybe the dissenter app from, um, from, uh, Gab, Gab, uh, mix it with RSS and the Odyssey video decentralized video streaming network to put together a new passport login system where you can log into Gab or you can log into Minds or you can log into Timcast and you can share video and subscribe to people's feeds via RSS. So keep 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 very tight with what we're doing. This can be really exciting. And you can follow me at Ian Crossland where you can pick up merch and thus, and I will see you guys later. I'm going to be on Twitch later tonight, twitch.tv slash Ian Crossland. Very cool. And it is very important to note that Phoenix for these guys is spelled F-E-N-I-X. So when you look them up on Twitter, not Facebook or Instagram, because they're banned on there and there's scammers on there trying to get your information, that's how you spell it. I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Minds and Real Sour Patch Lids on Gab and Instagram. Check out TimCast.com. We will have an exclusive members-only segment coming up, and we will see you all then. Bye, guys.